0: Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm benno
1: I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. We
0: got it again. Hello, lads. (laughs) How are we, Gareth?
2: You alright? Yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. Keeping well, how are you?
0: Fine, we're living in fucking COVID central right now, apparently. Like, I'm just waiting for the uh, the next stage of uh, lockdown to come in. It's all scary up here in the northwest, JP. You have, uh, you're perfectly safe down in Oxford, though, so I don't know what you're worried about.
1: Well, I'm I'm in a kind of complete 180. I'm planning to break into the building where they're making the vaccine and have a go. At it, <laughs> so That's I can point. just pretend life is normal, and carry on, <laughs> bring it on. Um, oh. Yeah, again. Yeah, there's not some sort of zombie scenario where that works, but it looks bloody terrifying. And I won't lie, I saw that viral video of Liverpool at ten o'clock, Fuck and me. was it like a mass rush to the office
0: mm.
1: and stuff like that? It, it, they said they got rid of that in minutes. I thought, good luck, that'd be impressive. Were you part oh. of this, you uh,
0: Well, well, I wasn't. I did go for a beer on Saturday afternoon Um outside right. at the the. the Oh, what brewery was I in? Black Lodge in town. I don't know if you've been, Gareth. Very good local yeah. brewery. Yeah, That's a lovely as well. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's just hidden away as well. It's uh, I'm a big fan. So, you know, distance when we my brother, you know, we kept to, kept to ourselves. It was relatively safe. Made sure to get the um, nine o'clock train home thinking I'm not dealing with that fucking ten o'clock kick out where literally everywhere kicks out at the same time. And I'm glad it didn't because yeah, there were literally videos of people like dancing in the streets and yeah, all, all going into offices and big crowds and starting street raves. Who knew making everywhere in a city centre empty at 10 o'clock would be a bad idea?
2: You couldn't yeah. have predicted it, could you? No.
1: <laughs> it's almost like you throw everyone out at the same time. You almost create this big super spreader event that you claim that you're not trying to do. Uh, it, well, it's, the... it, it's like we've got a shit show for a government, isn't it?
0: It's something like that, yeah. But like, I was yeah. going to say, the, like the other thing was like, if I hadn't have done that, I'd, I'd. I only found out literally about quarter past ten on Friday night that I'm, And this isn't even a lie. I'd been. I've been watching Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Uh, I can't imagine it be like your guys' thing. It's a very good show, like as a documentary going through like the the years in hip hop and uh, explaining that as things happened. And there was an episode about like Dr. Dre and Eminem. So for whatever reason, all week I've been listening to Dr. Dre's 2001 album, and then I found out at quarter past ten on Friday night. That in Stanley Park, which is literally the park over the road from my house, there'd been a live orchestra doing a live concert of Dr. Dre's 2001. I was just like, it, it finished 15 minutes before I saw this on Facebook. So I was absolutely fucking gutted. And then the next morning I got up and uh, there was a story on the Liverpool Echo website that was like, yeah, uh, live orchestra concert in, Stefton park, in, sorry, in Stanley Park gets shut down by local police. And it was like, it, the story said that apparently like half eight, like an hour into the concert they just bum rushed the stage and and kind of just kicked everybody out because actually having 250 people at a concert is probably not the best thing to do in these current times i don't know but like to be honest i was i was relieved for a bit because i was thinking how did, how did i not know that was happening literally over the road from a house but i thought well why would I even think it was happening? Why would I think it was even like? Why would you think that was even possible? Like I know there's been wrestling shows and TNT might actually have a wrestling show next <laughs> month, but yeah, I, I never would have called it actually happening. And I, I did read though apparently it was fake news and uh, maybe the concert did finish, but it still made me feel better that yeah, it got uh, it, it got. I think the the venue got fined like ten grand or something like that. So. That's what they get, they get. for not directly targeting me, who lives down the road. Because that, that gig would have been right up my street, especially on that given week.
2: Meanwhile, there was probably five hundred people in Weatherspoons on County Road. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah. all kicked out into the street at, uh, at ten o'clock. Yeah, that, is that that, that massive pub on the corner that just you look at it and you go, "There's problems in that building." Um, <laughs> you know what?
0: I don't think it's the one you're thinking of, but yes. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah You are actually both still... <laughs> County Road. There's several things about that story that have got me thinking. One, there's an image I've got of effectively the police rushing the stage where an orchestra are, which <laughs> does suggest we're kind hey, of an end time. That's a
0: group of more than six, J.P., so, you know.
1: But it's the kind of logistics and went, do, you know do you know what we need? We need, like, I love Dre. Okay, um, let's get an orchestra in. Right, where should we host it? Stanley Park. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, you guys will know that better, but it just seems to me that's an odd chain of events. And then you throw a global pandemic into the mix as well. And it's, what's going on? That's just probably (laughs) where I'm ending up with this. What is going on?
0: You're saying you don't get stuff like that happening in Oxford, JP? Is that not what you were doing this weekend, no?
1: No, mate, I'm doing the usual. I'm walking up a fucking hill again, up and down. (laughs) Li- listening to podcasts the way so, hey, you're looking good been. for it. It's yet, well, I'm able to fit into a lot of football shirts. There's a situation where I need to buy new jeans that's come up, <laughs> which I hadn't quite anticipated. But here we are. No, that's an issue. Just get a belt, yeah. notes, you'll be
0: fine.
1: I've got that, yeah. Get by for the time being. I'm a tight fisted bastard, but other um, size are no, you now on
0: t shirts? Are you like extra medium?
1: No, it's not like that yet. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's off medium stuff, and it just like. It's just like everything's become a bed shirt. That's what it is now. Everything is just like a bed shirt. Mm. But it's just football shirts I find myself wearing at this stage and just collecting those. It's a lot less problematic than collecting wrestling T-shirts. That's what I found.
0: <laughs> well, I
3: was going <laughs> to say, while
1: you're <laughs> doing the clear out, mate. <laughs> while you're away water. making a cook.
0: While you were making a cup of tea before we got started, that show Gareth, I am literally wearing a progress t-shirt right now. Um, So yeah, I can't really talk. (laughs) It is a medium though, and it fits me. So my running over the summer's been good. for
3: Yeah,
1: I'll take it. We've all taken the lockdown in some ways quite good. (laughs)
2: Definitely, definitely. definitely Better for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, apart from all the other stuff to do with COVID, which is absolutely horrific. But um, yeah, in Oxford, it's very weird. There is, I mean it's kind of more the Cowley road, which leads up towards me where all the kind of main pubs are and it's mm. students everywhere. So a lot of the time it's, you're kind of negotiating that, but then we told young people to go out to eat out. Didn't we? We did and We did this, literally on the podcast as well. Yeah. So We bear some yeah. blame. They're <laughs> yeah.
2: helping out by doing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, we fell for dishy Rishi's charms, didn't we? <laughs> um, Sending up school are spreading events. Yep, exactly. And and now there's a kind of I find myself as a teacher in some sort of bizarro world Russian roulette game that I play every day going to work and back. It's if you're a thrill seeker, it's definitely like the kind of profession <laughs> to be in. But it's it's not overall good for your mental health. I'll leave it there. No, not good at all.
0: Uh I was gonna say one, one thing that is good for the mental health though is uh, you know. We've got some wrestling-related football story to talk in a minute, but uh, hey, Gareth, I noticed in the fancy football, you're, uh, you're back in the chase there, mate. Uh, mm. uh, frog me and JP there. What happened this weekend?
2: Well, normal service resumed. <laughs> That's
0: <what> happened <laughs> this weekend. I didn't think you'd even join the league, to be honest, mate. I was impressed. I was like, oh, there's Gareth. There he is. <laughs>
2: what, I, what I like to do is just give people a little go at the start and just, uh, you know, just, just see what people come up with, get a few points under the belt, and then just depends how early or not I decide to take it seriously. So, you know. We'll
0: see. If any of our <laughs> listeners are like are newbies to this game and are looking at it, like Gareth is the uh, Gareth. Gareth had a very good week. The vast majority of people had a fucking terrible week, myself included. Like as soon as I saw him and I score an own goal on Sunday, I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Man, my game week's over here, I don't care anymore. And there's Gareth with his captain Salah leapfrogging us all. Bastard.
2: It's it's just so uh, like I think it's just. I say this like I love it and I hate it in equal measure just because that whole thing of like I'm sat there watching Man United Brighton and then Brighton get that late equaliser and then the Liverpool fan of me is absolutely delighted and then United go and get like a penalty 10 minutes into extra t- injury time and and then I'm like off the sofa, fucking cheering because I know that I've got Fernandez stepping up to take the penalty, kind of thing. And I'm just like, this is all wrong. Like I, sh- I shouldn't be happy about this. I don't, I don't, I, I don't like this. But then, then you see the league table, and you know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? No, I don't
0: that. <laughs> can't, even, can't even let us be top liking in week three. God, I think, fuck's sake. Like best it's art like we've had it, in years and you're still above us.
2: Yeah, uh, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say, well, at least you're like topping the uh, at least you're topping the music charts and the uh, video charts with Howard's Way DVD go to number one there and the the Everton, whatever it is, spirit of Everton going number one, put Miley Cyrus off and all that kind of thing. So there you go, you can have you can have those charts.
0: I had no idea about that until like I went to work yesterday. I was like, did you know Spirit of the Blues was number one? I was like, what? Is this still a number one? <laughs> and also, how? Also, you've just guaranteed that's going to either be the intro or the outro music to this podcast. Sorry, Gareth, but uh, you had your fun this weekend, like fucking. Jamie, I mean, you should be more angry than me. Fuck it, I'll that match on uh, on Monday.
1: They. Uh, I I'd been quietly bullish. So you've been slagging off Arsenal. I was like, let's see only, where this goes. Only
0: Obama Yang. Only
1: Obama. Yeah. And and like. Uh, there was things like I, – I actually thought, I mean, overall – and it sounds really bizarre. We lost 3-1 and we were outclassed. But there's years gone by that we would have got absolutely annihilated. And they – and Liverpool were just classed and they're going to win the league. Like, mm. looking at it, if, I mean, three games in, for fuck's sake. It's like, we're going to do it with the G1 in a little bit. But oh, yeah. it's, it's – at this stage, you kind of just look at them and go, oh, my God, they've got kind of everything together. And especially it's just there's just crazy games on all the time. And I like Gareth, it's this bizarro world where you're in, where you're watching games and there's like two different kinds of set of motives. There's these traditional motives you've grown up of teams you don't like. And then you find yourself cheering on results and also quietly being happy if Timo Werner has a bad game, stuff like that. You <laughs> think good? Yeah. Just wanna make sure that little thing is out of the way. It,
2: it it does it does um like make you though have these like random heroes. Like I'd never thought the like this weekend I heard myself saying to to Alex my lad, that, yeah, I'm a Neil Mope guy. Like I never thought those we <laughs> never thought those words would be leaving my lips, but you know, I could firmly see myself knocking about in a Brighton shirt with Mope on the back, definitely. What a what a hero is he's, he's become for me in only three weeks this season. <laughs>
0: Oh, it was Pascal Gross for me last year, like <laughs> and the year before. Yeah. Uh, that, that he's like a little fancy football hero. Yeah, and I've, I've done that though. I've literally been in Goodison, and when I back when I had the season ticket. And, like, we're going back years here, so, like, Jermaine Defoe or something will score against Evan. I'll just be sat there in my seat going, I have actually got him in my fancy football team, but I'm not going to celebrate right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit like, for, for the people who don't follow football, it's like, you know, when you do your G1 pickems and you're like, oh, yeah, I made up Yoshihashi won that match today because it's given me an extra point. Um, of which, actually, to be fair, JP, you should be doing the Lap of Honor today. Like, your voice of wrestling at time of record and haven't updated their standards yet, you're number one. You're literally number one in the, in the voice uh, of wrestling G1
1: Pickhams. I'm joint number one. There's uh, me and two other people, both beginning with Jay as well. So, like, Jay. Oh, was is that quite... updated
0: today, is it? Because I thought you updated were updated
1: today. Or I was still, still top, right? Hmm. And I didn't know because I was at work all day. And I thought, I just assumed I had a good day. I won't spoil it. I'll have a look. I thought, well, I must have lost one because otherwise it wouldn't be people level. I got two out of five today. It was fucking awful. I was watching it. I was like, can you stop with these fucking upsets now you're just pissing all over my pickums with this horrific coupon buster and then I saw a still top and I was like how did that happen <laughs> t- today was just sort of like an all over the place show for like mm. that type of stuff to go on but yeah still number one but we've been down this road haven't we kind of two years ago in Turkey I feel like I it's every st- year mate you're always there or thereabouts yeah. I started off great and I thought about it like where the G1 started to go wrong was also signaling towards the time that I ended up breaking up with the person I went on holiday with. So I don't know if those two events are kind of related from that g It was the one where White was doing loads of long opening, ma- long closing matches. And you're thinking, well, that's the kind of stuff that'll put a strain on any relationship, really. Just in None. case
0: anyone thinks that you're not talking about Joe, are you,
1: right? No, I'm not talking about Joe <laughs> at all.
0: Um,
1: I'll let him know that. I could imagine you just falling out over Jay White, that's all. uh, We're not at that state. I'm not like a Jay White lover, per se, but we'll get into that, into Jay White stuff in a little bit. So, yeah, still inexplicably number one, um, but last time I was, like, number one for a little bit. I ended up in, like, the mid-200s, and I was going Mm. through that table. There is nothing separating people because it's just been kind of all over the place, this one like less obvious there's like so many upsets and they're going into the other weeks so we haven't entered into this kind of dull formula and it's like well if you've got the right prediction at the end of what you get to and i've got sonada in mind i'm like how the fuck is this going to happen then i just went ah the pick'ems are fucked we're just waiting in a couple of weeks killing time until then so yeah enjoy it while it lasts
2: I love you. I of you. There, getting angry about your Pickums getting ruined as you sat there in first place. Meanwhile, I'm yeah. there in like three hundredth or something like that. Like, fuck you. <laughs>
1: you're, you're still in it. Put it that
0: way. I uh, won't win I'm, it. I think I'm lower than that. I'm lucky. I'm just not last in the voice as well because I'm like in the in the bottom like twenty or something at last last check. I'm doing better on post. On post, I'm I think I'm third in the C block and near the top ish in like the overall pick. Steph's actually the one who's killing us on uh, on post. I think she's joined she joint third. Yeah she's joined third in post so inside yeah, track think...
1: though, hasn't she? Let's face well,
0: it. No. See we need to do the G bock next year, the the grapple block. Uh yeah. where me and Gareth can fall way behind and, and, Could you do and fight that? out on top.
1: Get an interview with ghetto for the YouTube channel. Do I think that. I think it's
0: I think it's gonna be uh, dick to go first before it's uh ghetto.
1: Yeah <laughs> Ghetto light or ghetto big, depending on your viewpoint, isn't it? Uh, that's it. Or uh, mobile ghetto.
0: <laughs> I called them budget g- g- uh, ghetto on my mock uh, podcast with uh, with Paula today, so uh, i sure she'll be Where are you them. in the C block then? A uh, third behind a fucking robot and a child. So uh, that's how <laughs> <what> I'm doing. <laughs> <Who's> <laughs> like the, the, the rando- child, the rando bot is um, just killing everybody in like the the post ones. Like it's like. I think it proves that just randomly just picking numbers is probably a better strategy than trying to work out uh, Ghetto's booking uh, at this point. Uh, oh, actually no, it's uh, it's Vivian Murray, who's uh, I think it's Mike Murray's daughter. Who's, she's actually I'm actually ahead of the child now in uh, the Pickums <laughs> purely on alphabetical order. I think it's Rando How Barton, Brad, Brad the archivist? I, mean, I don't
1: know. JP, is I'm she like a Facebook. booking prodigy? <laughs> Maybe like those kind of chess geniuses
2: <laughs> that could be hilarious, yeah. And this should be really good, EWR. yeah. She's man, just, yeah. A big, just a big Yano fan,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you pick Yano, you're doing well right now. Fucking hell, and if you hate Sonada, you're doing well. Right now, too. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, actually, speaking of fantasy booking and speaking of EWR, did, uh, before we move too far away from the footy conversation. Jamie Carragher versus Tony Khan this week. I don't know He's oh. winning in a fight out of that one. That was uh, on Monday Night Football. Carragher cut a hell of a promo on, uh, on, on Big Tone. Uh, it, it was to do, wasn't it, with, with Big Tone go, going after Fulham fans on Twitter, which he is known yeah. to do, which is where the, yeah. the Wang's dogs <laughs> meme came from. <laughs> uh, fuck me. Like, he is. Like, I, I, I wish I could credit who said it today, but it's like, Big Tone just lives, It's like he's got a laptop there and he's, play, he's got EWR installed, he's got football manager installed and he's trying to play both at the same time and like he's actually very good at the wrestling version, it's just the football version where it's like if you talk to like any Fulham fans and we've got a, a couple who are like Dylan Shar who, who, who listen to us, like he's literally their director of football and like clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And if there was ever a guaranteed bet, like they are, they are going to be bottom of the league this year. Yeah. Like, there's just no doubt about it, is there? But definitely funny to see uh, your mate, Jamie Carragher Gareth have a have a good old go at Tony Khan, your neighbour <laughs> in fact, Jamie Carragher. He's not my neighbour anymore, but he's yours.
2: Yeah, I reckon we see uh, Jamie and Tesco. Yeah, but big mates, me <laughs> and Jamie. I
0: used What's to see
2: him in the butty but but shop. In spell for choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he used to sit on the one opposite, the opposite way Sorry, we're going really heavy on the, uh, the local geography <laughs> <jockey laughs> today. But yeah, there was a booty shop opposite my oh, old flat where, lived. I, where yeah. when I took you once for a sandwich, JK, yeah. I used to see him I was him hanging, in there all mate, I was
1: grateful for that, yeah. Yeah,
0: Carrigan wasn't there hanging, unfortunately, on that day, but he was there a lot. You see him around, he's a local celebrity. Gareth, have a word, we uh, an what? interview with Carrigan.
2: Our, our Alex is def- desperate to bump into him because he wants to spit at him. <laughs> <Jesus Christ.
0: laughs> is that what he says
2: yeah yeah he's desperate, <laughs> desperate to bump into Carragher so he can spit at him <laughs> should probably
0: point out that Alex is an Evertonian right <laughs> I was going to
2: say he a 10 year old Evertonian so <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: Amazing. man oh, but how, how good was that promo it's just like yep Tony Khan is out of his death? what did he call him a muppet or he called him a name didn't
1: he like, Yeah, oh, they, they, I they took it down, down did they the video Oh, I tried good. looking at it earlier on, and it seemed to have gone. Mm.
2: It's it's just so bizarre, though, isn't it? Because you just don't get people of that level in a football club coming out with the stuff that he's come out with. It, it, you kind of expect it from wrestling, a little bit kind of thing to to you know have have things like that um, coming out on Twitter. But then for him to be talking about like players, oh yeah, we're definitely going to sign these and definitely going to invest this, and we've missed this guy because of COVID, and you know players need to try harder and all. And you just like what are you doing? Like, shut up. There's no, there's no way this is going to fly with football fans. And like, definitely like, imagine like Scott Parker sat there, like listening to all this. Like he must just be thinking, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah.
0: Go book your wrestling company, Big Tone. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah. God.
1: Oh, I mean, but that's God. it. I mean, I don't know. Mate. Is Scott Parker going to stay in the job? What has he thought? Well, I'll start watching some Mid-South just in case, just sort of butter him up in the conversations. Watch AEW. Good <laughs>
3: uh, south like, Tony.
1: All all that kind of, yeah, exactly. He kind of behaves like he's the kid who went to ECW at times, isn't it? Like kind of super smart with all the kind of wrestling knowledge, but behaves like he's knocking around the forum all the time. Instead, he's got all these jobs. And if I'm right in thinking, are the Jaguars actually starting off all right this year? Inexplicably. Dareth. You know what? I haven't. I, you know,
2: I, I haven't even oh, looked at the Jags results. I'm um, very depressed with the NFL with the uh, start the Minnesota Vikings have made. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, keeping my head down on that front. I haven't been, uh, I, I haven't been watching, watching broader. So I can't, can't comment on the Jags, but um, but certainly, um, certainly the the squad that they've assembled there. I'd be very surprised if it fucking continued. I think if yeah. they uh, if they have had a decent start, it's uh, it's certainly a uh, it's certainly going
1: last. <laughs> Fucking hell. maybe it's the downfall of Big Tone in twenty twenty one. I'm looking at the... Fulham AEW.
0: Apparently they beat the, the Colts, but they lost to the Dolphins. This doesn't really mean much to me. They lost <laughs> to the Titans. Are they, are they bad results? I don't even know. But like it's it's amazing that Big Tone does three three jobs though. Like what a fucking like Where does he sleep? Honestly, he's like he's trying to do like mini Vincent Man, isn't he? But like a cross like three industries, like the the other. Uh, wasn't there the story as well that um, when Fulham got promoted, he demanded to get like a playoff winners medal, and like he was like the first football director to get one because of course he was because he just he's just a big kid, isn't he? That's oh, all he's. it's all going to end, end is. in
1: tears, isn't it? Is, it is
2: that actually true? Is that like? Genuine. I might be just I might
0: just repeat and gossip here, but that is that is a, a story I've seen doing the rounds. Um so Big Tone's fun. representatives can get in and confirm or deny. But uh, he, but he strikes you as the type, doesn't he? That's what he is. He's just like he's a big fanboy and he's very you know, good at you know. one of his jobs. Like we we got you know, he is he seems to be the one with his head screwed on in AEW, but still, come on.
2: Yeah, you know, he got an extra one of those women's tag team tournament medals made that Eva uh, is uh, walking around wearing. You know, Big Tone's wandering around his house in, in one of them with his Jags, uh, Jags jersey on and with his, uh, with, it, with his playoff final winners' medal around his neck as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can
0: imagine it. Fucking that up. bloke. Uh, oh, well, we'll get him on the podcast one day uh, if he hasn't uh, banned us from AEW yet. But yeah, those were just amazing. If he goes we're back going... into the
2: archives, then he
0: will. yeah we're screwed
2: I'll start at episode one
0: (laughs) like a lot of people did and then didn't tune into episode two but you know we got them back eventually lads (laughs) Uh, moving on like I I was going to say like this is obviously uh, you know we're right in the midst of the G1 season so the shows are kind of going to be Frankenstein and uh, split in two well, it'll be one file, but there'll be a a cut off point halfway through. But in this in this first half of the show, we are going to try and do a brief catch up of the the news and the uh, the non G one stuff that's going on as well. Um, I couldn't help but start though, as far as the news goes, lads. Uh, have you seen the big news uh, that came out over the weekend? Uh, big a bigger big release uh, from uh, from what Impact Wrestling. Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes have uh, <laughs> have left the company, lads. Uh, I couldn't start anywhere else. He's he's both okay. Uh, JP. You're gonna be all right. Like the, the lads are leaving, the lads and the girl.
1: They they are. Um, she won't be missed. And it's inexplicably simultaneously hard to miss her um, in sort of every sense. Absolutely awful. Um, what was the reason? Is just deal run out, and he just stopped giving it. He didn't give a fuck any of the time he was there. He was having a, he was having a laugh. But this was very much like watching a midlife crisis on TV. Mm.
0: Uh, I can't see I, I know we've just slagged off Big Tone for five minutes but he, he's not getting picked up by AEW I don't think uh, big loss for impact though Gareth are you going to keep watching every week or you know you going to be alright yeah
2: well, you never know. We might reel JP back in because, there as I've been trying to sell the benefits of these cracking Motus uh, City machine guns uh, matches and Jordan Grace things, he just seems to be purely focused on uh, RVD and uh, so. Uh, you never know that, that absence <laughs> from the program there. You know that, that that black spot's gone there. It could get filled with some. Uh, Castle House
1: is gone. Is that right? That's finished. Oh, is it? <laughs> I didn't realise. I was hoping Gareth
2: could answer. I was like going to say, you're dropping it on the spot here now with the NFL. Oh. And now. this I haven't watched this, week. I haven't watched this week's impact. Look, Garret,
0: you're letting your correspondent duty slide here, Gareth. We don't let JP get, get if, away with this when it comes to young boys in Mexico. If there's a... <laughs> I
1: haven't mentioned
0: Mexico that it a bad, long isn't it? Young, yeah, young it boys did. in Mexico.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just makes it sound like, <laughs> I, I don't know, there's just a body buried somewhere, isn't it? That I'm responsible for. You didn't which watch the, there you, isn't.
2: You didn't watch the big CMLL anniversary show? I was hoping to. No,
1: oh. I can't even be. Asked. Isn't that on YouTube as well? I was... Did they even have one? Didn't everyone fail COVID like... tests? I thought that was the story. Everyone failed.
0: I think there was a few wrestlers like. Yeah, uh, that's kind Did of, of been the story. A to be honest. Oh no! As if there's like that Zono wherever who would do like the outdoor shows have still been running. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that was probably where COVID started. To be honest, never mind. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's on the app anyway, so it happened. It, <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's as much as I know,
0: <laughs> how many people vote? Oh, I reckon about well, ten people are put ratings right in. So that'll probably be my best guess. Uh, I'd be, I'd be, I'd 12, be
2: amazed 13. if it was. Uh, I'd be amazed if it was that high. But uh, yeah, they have,
1: they must. I mean, restrictions at Arena Mexico. Shit, I'm assuming there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. I <laughs> would <Yeah, there's a, laughs> be wrong.
2: There's a couple of four star matches here. Should oh, we fill up
1: okay. your boots? Really? Who's that how, about, how many people? Seven?
2: Oh, four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I aimed low and it was even lower.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Those for, for CMML hardcores coming out. <laughs> there's definitely some Hispanic names here, though, from people using it, which is uh, good. But um, yeah, Teton and El Soberano having a 4.12 average match there. Um, check it out. Mm-hmm. Volador Jr. against Templario with a four star. So there's, uh, there you go.
3: Okay. No, I wouldn't send your, it's
2: your G1's maybe a Maybe have a little dip into CMOL and do your uh, do your Mexico duties there, mate. I,
1: there you go, JP. I, I haven't caught up on Champions Carnival. I haven't even seen any N1. There was some stardom at some point I was gonna watch, and I don't know how this is gonna happen because I can't invent time. And that's part and that, as with all of these things.
0: I mean if anyone can it's you like you will like turn a half hour mm-hmm. bus ride into like watching like the whole G1. Like
1: <laughs> you'll make it work. I, i can do that and i was doing that today as well so i kind of felt like once i finished work i was just quite relieved so just like getting back i was dedicating myself to the young lions match but we'll get on to that in a bit
0: fair enough um as far as actual news goes to that you guys mm. have any thoughts on uh on the sad passing of animal um like i think for, for me like I, I would class myself as someone who's like my main memory is a hawk and animal lod is like again you guys uh maybe maybe I'm just cuz I'm a little bit younger maybe you guys have got more better memories but for me it was the WWF run um and like it was I've got a distinct memory of having like the WWF trading cards from like 1991 1992 and like my favorite one being LOD uh, hitting the Doomsday device like there was no cooler even though they were you know not really I didn't realize at the time as a kid didn't realize they you know they weren't packaged as well as they could be and maybe the better years were before them like just from the memory of them in WWF, and I love the Legion of Doom name as well. Like again, because I didn't know them as the Road Warriors, but for me, they you know, they were just like the baddest tag team in the world. Loved them. Um, the second run in '96, '97 was uh, was a bit sad. But they were always, uh, for my childhood, a very, very big part of my memories of watching wrestling in the early '90s. And obviously, I've seen the uh, the, the more uh, lauded stuff for, from the '80s when they were the, the actual Road Warriors. And uh, mm. there's a bit more to the to the back catalogue. But yeah, did you, uh, you guys, uh, maybe JP, you have uh, many b- big memories of the Road Warriors? Were they uh, were they a part of your, your childhood or a team you were uh, you were fond of growing up?
1: They were. It was really funny trying to think of them on WCW. TV around that time when it came on, they were never appearing on things like W, um, like any of the WCW worldwide or anything else like that. They would never appear on it. So, the most you'd ever see is these kind of clips. So, it's funny when they went to WWF, that was kind of where I kind of got the first kind of impressions, but that I was aware of them. But I also had Starcade 89, which they were in as the road war. you know, the iron. Um, yeah. man and iron team tournament as well yeah that one yeah and it was always like in terms of matches like that, obviously they weren't like any kind of work rate stuff but they were just a kind of experience weren't they they were just like pure hmm. presence and how to present it it's very much of a time and place and looks kind hmm. of strange but it really fitted into what people kind of expected from wrestling and the finisher was always so cool in terms of the doomsday device and other people weren't doing it. So it was that kind of, that run was the thing that kind of then sort of stood out to me. And then they had their split. I remember Hawk being in WCW and, and, and stuff like this. And and then that latter run was, was awful when they came back. I mean, that was just like, it was, it was just bad, bad times. But it's kind of, then when I got older, I started to see more stuff when you could see more stuff of them in the 80s. And then obviously you know at that point you kind of look at them in a different way and you can see why they're the draw and all the kind of little unique things like for example someone like paul ellering who isn't a traditional manager doesn't get involved is their kind of real life manager off the road with a completely different presence to everybody else and just kind of made them stand out because they didn't need a chicken shit manager doing things for them because he would have completely killed the gimmick mm. and they were just like as pure a kind of distillation of what you'd expect that kind of 80s machismo to kind of be. Like the kind of people you'd expect to be in the Warriors or something like that, which is clearly yeah, the kind of, yeah. obviously, the impression that they're going for. And they they kind of fitted in. And because they were just ridiculously jacked up as well, like, you would watch them and they would just completely take your eye, wouldn't they? They'd stand like the first time you saw them as, L- uh, you know, as LOD.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one of... In the red with the spikes, like I think a lot of British fans will tell you as well. That visual them coming out uh, at SummerSlam ninety two on the bikes, like yep. they 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 are like imprinted in my brain as far as like tra- like as far as Brandon goes as a tag team, like they were they were far and above anybody else in those days.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think as well. Like around that time, so like I think about them, you know, like SummerSlam ninety where they, they that was like their first big appearance in in the WWF when they like. Came into that Hart Foundation demolition match, and probably that run through for the next, you know, the the next year. They were probably one of the most sort of visible, familiar, you know, parts of the WWF at the time when the boom period was starting in the UK. You know, they were certainly one of the teams, or you know, one of the acts. I suppose that, like, when I just think about. You know, mates at school, you know, at that age, 11, 12 kind of thing. And they, they were maybe, like, half into wrestling, but everybody loved the fucking Legion of Doom. And people were trying to do, like, the Doomsday device in the playground and stuff like that, you know. And yeah, people yeah. would be, like, mimicking yeah. the pads and all that. And, you know, it we would just be
1: killing just, each other trying to take that fucking bump <laughs> on a concrete. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like, absolutely. You
2: got to Kata decide to the flip. Or... Do that, would you? <laughs> 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 you almost killed Henry
1: O'Godman,
0: you know. you got to be careful.
2: <laughs> but yeah, they were just one of them where you know where it, it's like properly larger than life, properly jump off the screen. You know, they're you, you know definitely like separate themselves from other people you'd be seeing on on that on, on the TV at the time. And and like what I was just thinking as well is they just looked like a massive pair of hard bastards as well, kind of thing, which definitely kind of helped. So they just had that like genuine element to them as well that you just looked at them and you thought. Yeah, yeah, they they would absolutely kill you, you know. The you, you know, which I, I think totally fit in with the time as well of the of the the you know the presence again of these you know obviously big jacked up roided up wrestlers at the time with the you know they you know don't forget like the the promos and things that they cut as well with the you know just the tellem Hawk and the Water Rush and all that kind of thing. It was all just like very simple, easy stuff kind of thing, but it just you know you know that's. Sometimes that's what wrestling is, you know. I think the the clearest, easiest, simplest stuff can sometimes just cut through above all the other all the other bullshit and people just people just uh, take, um, take on to people, you know. Because you certainly wouldn't be, I don't know, you are not raving about them about match quality either or anything like that. But what what better than just watching like the Legion of Doom just go and have like a. Two minute squash <laughs> match against somebody and just watch Hawk and Animal absolutely just destroy, you know Fred Smith and Bill Jones or something like that. <laughs> superstars at the time, you know,
1: absolute absolute class. Can i say. Yeah, do you remember I... the WrestleFest Fest video game as well?
0: Yeah, they're a big part of that. Yeah, oh yeah, that that's and something it... we should do on Twitch at some point. Play that because there's a uh, there's a there's a version you can get on PC for that now.
1: I'll get in. That sounds absolutely. Ooh. that brings me completely back to my chat. Back, back to my childhood um, oh yeah
0: brings me back to being like on holiday and like I her in 1996 and I'm having like it was one of the like, the the you know stand up games with the fucking joystick at all times like that yeah probably like four years like ten years out of date but that game was proper like uh, considering when it was made like that it looked good for its time and yeah the, the row Warriors making their entrance on that game actually same for me it's like my big memory of that game
1: just them sort of walking towards <laughs> the aisle with the sort of yeah with the yeah, um, yeah. with the shoulder pads, like, they and that and that's the thing with them. Like you speak, the word "icon" is used and things like that. But really, when it comes to sort of tag team wrestling, certainly for a certain generation, they are genuinely iconic. And for all the other tag teams, they all have to rely on a body of work to show that they're great. Whereas mm-hmm. the Road Warriors Legion of Doom don't actually have to do that, and that's the thing that kind of raises them to a status. I was thinking to myself that it's almost like the Goldberg run with his twin brother as a tag team extended (laughs) for several years because you kind of catch that lightning in a bottle, but it's the kind of experience of them is what people remember as opposed to stuff, the takeaway, like they knew how to make the moments be the thing that you took away from it. Hmm. And all of that took much, much longer than any listener will ever know of how (laughs) to actually do that. (laughs) That one sentence alone has taken about 10 minutes. And the reason for that is Virgin Media, who I've got one more week with that fucking shower, and I'm moving over, and I'm delighted. They could be worse. I don't see how they could be much worse. So they're We're shooting now. the road warriors. We are shooting. Uh, we never stopped shooting, mate.
0: Uh, I was going to say, yeah, JP's uh, internet did cut him off halfway through that, but I think we got the majority thought that, JP. Uh, but I was going to say, like, the thing with them is... Because I heard, you know, we should give them credit. Voices of Wrestling did a great, great uh, mm. uh, bio on them, pretty much, and went through in a lot more detail than than, than we will through their career. But it was kind of like how long? Like I was shocked, like how long they stuck around after. You know, obviously, you know, Hawk didn't die that long after. Like their their main run in like WF, but like the parts of wrestling that they popped up again in that, like, I didn't really consider in my brain that, like, like they were talking about, that they turned up in WCW in 1996, and I was like, well, distinct memories of them having the blue shoulder pads and being on Nitro, or, like, that six-man tag. You said, you know, we're not going to be- reference matches, but that six-man tag from WrestleMania 13 back in WWF in 1997 with Ahmed Johnson against the Nation of Domination. Fucking awesome, like, street fight. Um, and then, like, Animals just carried on wrestling for years. Like Animal was like he was on night, he was on Nitro near the end. As like the, the, the big uh, the, the the muscle for uh, what was it called the Magnificent Seven um, turned up against a team with Heidenreich in like the two thousands in, in like the WWF as well. Like,
1: he was in the I- ring when Sting when Sid broke his leg, wasn't oh, he, yeah, was he? Was the masked guy? Yeah. That yeah, weird, Sid breaks his leg. He stands in the ring. Is it with? The... Is it with Eric Bischoff? And he just takes up his mask. It's Road Warrior Animal. Yeah. End of show
0: And then there's that great roar in like the early two thousands. Where did he, he had like a tag team match? Was it Rob Van Dam and Kane? Where like mm-hmm. uh, I think Hawk just no, what does he do? No, sells the tombstone or something. Just gets back up again. I'm sure or the frog splash maybe. Like I was like yeah, like the fact that they were even there during that period. I know obviously the better days are what we've just mentioned, the 80s and the uh, the 90s or at least the bits that have made tape. But like they uh, yeah, just the fact that they were around that that long after and like they were tried and I, you know they tried to recreate their own success. But like how many times? people tried to copy their success and do them again as well like just unbelievable really considering all there was that.
2: Just, there was that weird one as well like it was like the mid 2000s where Animal was just like the road warrior and he just turned up on like I don't know he, he turned up on Smackdown for a bit and he's just I don't know he had gone like back to basics outfit kind of thing and he, he, like he, it's that many years later kind of thing he was still you know put like doing singles matches for the for the WWE like and it wasn't until he probably died and i I you know, you, you think about it in a bit more and it just felt so random there that he was just sort of showing up in that, you know, in that period there where you had, obviously, you know, you had the likes of, you know, Benoit and things like that on SmackDown at that point where SmackDown had evolved to, you know, the, the in, in, into that, that year and you've got... Road Warriors, some random singles, singles wrestler taking on Matt Hardy and you know taking on Scotty Too Hotty and things like that. At that point, all a bit random, but you know I think that the leg, you know, the legacy. It's sort of weird in a in a way that they're that probably the the height of their fame is I don't know that's some of their worst stuff really kind of thing. I think if you if you think about the popularity of wrestling, because I was going to say that to you, Benno, but you know obviously you, you covered it was your memories at the start. And I was thinking, God, you, the the LOD that you remember would have been, you know, so much later down the line, more so than like me and JP with that mm. that age, age thing. And if you were like getting into wrestling, you know, much much later on in the sort of the mid to late 90s, you probably would think they were shit because they were pretty immobile by that point. And, you know, some of the awful gimmicks that they had through from, you know, Rocco through, you know, that – effectively mm. killed them dead when that you know that came into the mix and then obviously the the, the repackaged version with what was obviously happening with hawk and the attitude era and then the whole led 2000 stuff and things like that you know it's a it's kind of a bit of a shame that probably more people probably remember them mm. for that kind of stuff than, than being the absolute ass kicking money drawing mm. you know the road warrior pop is a thing Iron that Man. comes from those you know from that you know mid eighties through to through to late eighties when they're like headlining shows in the NWA and you know going around, you know, it felt like such a big deal when they won the WWF tag team titles because they were they'd done it in three territories, you know, three major territories up to that point when they won them and things. And they genuinely mm-hmm. felt like the 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 biggest tag team in the world. And um yeah it 's kind of it 's kind of a shame really when people don 't know when to stop but um yeah definitely mm. a, definitely a, left a massive mark on the industry and a, a huge loss
0: yeah that's it and even though I was too young to understand it. You know, it was still even when even when they were in the WF in the early nineties, they still got that Rob Warrior pop. It was just only when I went back and watched the proper stuff. I was like, okay, this is the Rob Warrior pop that people talk about. But they always had that with them, even when they turned up like, you know, mm. past their prime, like in, in, in later life. Like everyone loved the fucking Rob Warriors. Like even that, that SummerSlam ninety two show, like apparently like Hawk's pilled out of his mind and doesn't even know where he is in that match. And like I, I never would have known that. You watch it back now and you're like, Oh yeah, that's really obvious. He does not know where. There he is, but didn't matter. There was still the fucking Road Warriors, and we were all just glad to see them in their in their spiky shoulder pads.
1: Road Warrior Animal got a big. He did get a big pop when he was in Qatar for Qatari Pro Wrestling, <laughs> which we did review a long time ago. And he had to hand over the titles to Chris Masters and Carlito, who started slagging <laughs> him off for reasons. And he delivered a double clothesline. They rolled out of the ring. Wow, and. The kids gave him a pop, but I mean, that was very much a heavy AWA NWA kid pop. Like it was an educated pop. They saw that and they thought, "Yeah, that's that's the animal that we love. <laughs> there you that's has got a tag team wrestling that we really want." Uh,
0: well,
1: I was gonna say, like, if
0: you want like more on, on animal, obviously go and watch uh, the, the that Qatari Pro Wrestling show. But yeah, like, Lance, tell you, you need to know. Lance Storm was on Observer Radio and I'd highly recommend that. I'd um, also like, I don't know if you guys have used to listen to Killin' the Town with Lance Storm and Cyrus. They did like an audio documentary about Roe Warrior Hawk, not Animal, but they did cover Animal as well. One of the best, probably the best wrestling podcast I've ever listened to, to be honest. Like that thing go out and listen to that, because you get some good animal memories in there, as well as hawk. Um yeah, there's a, and I know about I obviously Meltzer went into detail in the Observer this week, so plenty of places you can go to get that, uh, get a bit more uh, on the Road Warriors, but yeah, I did want to give that podcast a shout out, because it is just, just that good um but yeah, uh moving on from there, I mean we'll very briefly go through uh, what we've been watching that hasn't been G1. Uh I did watch uh WWE's pay-per-view on Sunday for my sins, so yeah, that's a thing. Uh, I assume neither of you guys uh bothered watching that thing. Um I'm guessing it was an Arab uh Moral outrage more out of just Why Why would you watch that thing Gareth you put in the ratings on grapple So you know you got no excuse didn't, didn't bother with the, uh, with the old clash of champions uh. I had to literally look that up then As I said that that was the name of the show But apparently <laughs> that was the name of the show <laughs>
2: yeah no I wasn't uh, I wasn't adding that one to the app live I think this was one of those when I was like first setting up the app and I was thinking like oh shit am I gonna have to sit up every like Monday and put raw on their live kind of thing and you know watch it in the moment so people can can rate along and I never did that but I always did it with the pay-per-views and that's been kind of slowly scaled back probably as my interest and a lot of people rating uh its interest has kind of scaled back as well but so I the only thing I did watch with with Clash of Champions was that was that ladder match where um, <laughs> the 4th
0: year old men tried to kill each other?
2: <laughs> because I, I mean I saw on the app that that had a an average rating of over four, so I thought, oh well, you know, there's 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 a there's a good rating there for that. I'll I'll give it a go. So while I had Alex at uh, football training tonight. I sat in the car and watched that one while he was uh, while, while he was doing his training session. And fuck me, like I mean. I give, it, I give it a three-star, like, uh, t- to me, how, how on earth <laughs> that has got a four-star above rating? I honestly, honestly just couldn't say. I mean, like, you know, you'll always pick me up on it and, say uh, you know, say, Benno, well, like, oh, it's, you know, it's everyone has different opinions and it's the collective opinion and things like that, and that's where the <laughs> app exists. Kind of I'm thing. just repeating uh, what you uh, say, that's uh, all. Uh, <laughs> exactly, it's, it's, it's my words, but... To me, some of that stuff was just, I mean, <laughs> the fucking just unnecessary stuff that Jeff Hardy's doing to an audience of nobody at that stage of his life. It's like, just
0: like being an impact, mate, that's all. He's just rechanneling he on he,
2: that. He, like, he nearly fucking killed himself doing that, where he did some jump and he landed into some support between the ladder, and I was thinking, like, what, like, that, it, it, what, why are you doing this? It's, like, entirely unnecessary. And then there was the bloody... Dead early in the match. Nobody near AJ Styles. He's is, is hardly had a touch on him, and he's going up that ladder so slow—that old trope kind of thing. And he's like, mm. and just took me out of it completely. And ah, oh, there's like some spot where Jeff Hardy randomly decided to crawl down the ladder the other way, like so he was crawling <laughs> yeah. face down towards the mat, and you're like why what is the logical reason for anybody to move in this way down a ladder towards the mat and then he just got fucked over the top rope and i was delighted because he fucking deserved it for that ridiculousness and like the idea as well that these these three people at their age with the the level they've been to in industry where like aj styles has been a world champion and jeff Hardy is a world champion and they're doing all this and they Four is for the intercontinental title, which means nothing at all. Like again, that just totally just threw me out of the match completely. It just felt ah. Uh. It just felt completely un- unnecessary. I've got a great big fucking list of stuff here that I was just like, as I was watching it, it felt like every second something else, like Jeff Hardy did some Swanton on bomb where he came off the top and he went through the ladder and the fucking WWE cameraman's shaking his camera at the point of impact just to make it look like there was more impact as he hit, hit the ladder. And then the This Is Awesome gets piped into the uh, arena and you're just like... Fuck off. Honestly, I, I was fuming. Like, I, was, I was so pleased that we weren't recording the second after I watched it because oh, I was just, like, irate, this idea. And then that whole ridiculousness of Jeff Hardy getting handcuffed his through a fucking earring to a ladder. And then he's, like, <laughs> dragging a ladder along and dragging himself into the ring by a ladder that's attached to his ear. Meanwhile, AJ Styles is attached to a ladder, then Sami Zayn is also on and he doesn't even just try and shake the ladder to shake him off he just stands there dumbfounded that Sami Zayn somehow unlocked some handcuff and climbed up to grab some belts. Oh, dog shit! I give it three, and that was the politest three. That, and especially in a year where what has there been? There must be twenty ladder matches in the WWE this year. In fact, if if you talk if you talk about this, I'm going to the database to look how many ladder matches there've been in WWE. I'm just so desensitized to it. They've just done it so many times that for meaningless reasons. The matches mean absolutely nothing. People killing themselves to do spots that literally nobody is going to remember in five days time it's just absolute absolutely ridiculous and i think i just need to not watch well i need to not watch wwe but i just need to not watch a ladder match for three years now or something like (laughs) that because like or they just need to stop doing ladder matches for about three years because it is just ridiculous sorry
0: isn't tlc coming up (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I think that's in the next couple of months, Gareth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course it me. is. <laughs> I can't do that just... that. Yeah. I mean, I gave you three and a half on grapple, Gareth, so I don't know what you can play it about, to be honest. Average of four stars. Uh, yeah, it was fucking... I was watching it kinda of going and you know me, like I'll watch death matches. Like I'm not particularly not that I'm not concerned for wrestlers well being, but like it's you know, I can mm. I can live with I'm desensitized, I think, to certain things. But like I was just watching Jeff Hardy on that match going, oh, Are you fucking joking? Um to be fair, we've kinda of been saying that about Jeff Hardy for twenty years. So, you know, if he's not killed himself yet, he's probably not gonna kill himself anytime soon, but still, like uh, why he's doing it on like these like this throw away wwe match uh, which you know i think i can't say i didn't enjoy it personally but like yeah i just oh, will we not talk you into watching it jp you're not uh, you're no. excited from G- G- fantastic review there
1: <laughs> honestly i knew one match was going on which i am kind of intrigued to see which is the um uh Jey Uso, um roman reigns match that's like the other than that i have no idea you're you're describing this i'm imagining it in front of that Crowd of people sat on te- like inside tellys, like the dystopian future that it is. And I've got the image, and it's all flashing lights, and it's too much. And he's being dragged along by the ear with a, some <laughs> god awful face paint, and he just sounds shit. And I'm quite happy that I've lost zero minutes to it. <laughs> uh, you
0: should watch that. Watch the ambulance match, maybe JP. Maybe
1: that'll get. Of you back course, into there was the an movie. ambulance match. Why wouldn't there be? What What was the blood feud? Eh? Tully Blanchard Magnum TA style, was it? Uh, Well, you know, Ric Flair was involved,
0: but yeah, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, no. Not not interested. Ambulance match, no?
1: No. Yeah.
2: You you know my thoughts (laughs) on Drew McIntyre.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was... I like Drew McIntyre, but my God, this...
2: They did like a Ghost of
0: Christmas Past thing, where like Big Show turned up and Ric Flair turned up and Shawn Michaels threw uh, threw Orton off the top of an ambulance. So all the legends he killed came back to get their revenge. Um, Yeah, I heard people describe that as a good match. I went two and a half on Grapple, and I feel generous to be honest. Like, yeah, two point nine four average actually. So the Grapple users are kind of with me there. Uh, Yeah, that was a match. I, I,
2: I, Uh, I totally intended to watch the main event. Like the the Roman Reigns thing, but I was just that was good. I was so few. I was just so pissed off and annoyed after watching <laughs> that ladder match that I was just like, "Fuck off!" I'm not wasting another half an hour of my life fast forwarding through to watch watch this. So I'll probably will at some point when I've you know calmed down. I might just put it on in the background when I'm at work tomorrow because I do like do like a bit of Roman Reigns, but um well, but. um that... <laughs>
0: That was the positive of the show, because I think, I think if you have watched the ambulance match, Garrett, that would have sent you over the edge. If you were sat there at three in the morning watching that ambulance match, I think, yeah, that would have been potentially the you, end mate? of the grapple. Or, was
1: <laughs> or the I point? wasn't, I watched the day after. but oh, I mean, not, fair, that,
0: not that that's much better, to be honest, JP. Like, I hope you were doing
1: <laughs> something at the time while you were watching it, whether you were just yeah, eating what? or anything <laughs> else. I wasn't on the bus,
0: wasn't on the train, JP. No, I was just bored on a Monday night, mate. We weren't recording, so... You was know, it, was it, were you cool on the phone, finish, so. No, but you had it on
1: the kind of background for bits of it? Because I think that's <laughs> fine. Following the following the FPL.
0: There you go, yeah. No, to, to be honest, I was just waiting for that main event, which I was actually, like... Mm. I'm not saying excited for, but I actually think, to give them credit, they have done a good job of building the Roman Reigns Day Uso match. Like, there's a, uh, a documentary on WWE Network... Uh, like, I don't know if it's Chronicle going through, and basically spending a lot of time with Jey Uso, Uso and building this match. That's really good, and the, the the personal, you know, we joked about the other one being a blood feud, but the personal legitimate blood feud element of this feud has been good, and the, they've told a reasoned kind of patient story with these two which makes me think they're gonna fuck it all like you know come friday um on smackdown not that i'll watch it but yeah i think by the time the next pay-per-view cycle comes around we'll have forgotten all about this and we'll be talking about something else but genuinely to give them the credit where it deserves it it has been good and the match was good like i i ended up only giving a three and a half on grapple reason being the first I think the match went about maybe twenty and the first fifteen minutes were very good. Like it was J U so was... I um we're talking about the road warriors earlier. I'm always a sucker for like a tag guy on singles. Or like you know when Rick Flair had like defend defenders his, his belt against one of the rock and rolls or something. Like I was always into that. Like I like that, you know, just using it using Moulin. a tag guy for a match like that. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> um but like J U so as, like, challenger, especially with, like, the family element with Roman Reigns, it, it kind of spoke to me, and he was great as the underdog. Roman, like, you, you'll have heard a million people say it, but, like, why couldn't we got? Like, I loved Roman in 2014 and 2015, before you know, they shoved him down, they, they basically booked him into oblivion, and made him a really, really unlikable babyface and refused to budge with him and, you know, there, there are going to be books written on the subject in, in years going forward so I probably don't need to go over it again. But, like, this this is, this is was the most Roman Reigns has felt like he's comfortable in it. He's comfortable in his own skin. Like, as a character. Um, and he's out there with his top off as well, you know, which is good for, you know, it's a, it's a good look. He's not wearing the stupid fucking shield garb anymore. Allegedly did an interview but he said he's getting rid of the music. Like, this is what Roman Reigns should have been all along. It's just really sad we're getting in 2020 when no one cares about WWE anymore. Um, but he was great in the match too. And if, the only problem with the match is, and the reason I gave it three and a half, it's the last five minutes, they basically turn the mics up and it's a lot of melodrama where they're talking to each other. Like, you know, Gargano and Champa type stuff. Like, they can't help them. They can't help but beat you over the head with it, can they? That's the WWE. Um yeah, and it was a lot slots, were
1: they? I,
0: yeah, and I was so into it as well. They did the whole, like, is he going to throw the is, uh, Jimmy Uso going to throw the towel in thing? Where I was like, I don't feel like, other than, what was it, um, Brett Bulldog and Owen, they, they've never really established the throw of the towel in as. Uh, oh, no, it was Bob Bachlan, wasn't it? Uh, they yeah. never established the, the throwing the towel in as really a thing in WWE, but okay, I'll let it go. But they just really labored the point like Jay was dying in the ring and Jimmy had to throw the towel in to save his life when really. Roman was just punching him a bit. Um, <laughs> that I'm probably probably talking you out of potentially watching this match. Now those last five minutes were a little bit rough, but they took they stole the good enough story overall. The post match was really good with uh Roman being uh, demanding to be called the fucking king of the islands or whatever he's going for at the moment. And he's wearing, like, um, Jay's like, necklace. Yeah, he's wearing, like, Jay's necklace. Uh, it's a whole thing uh, they're going for. And it was genuinely, like, really well done as far as, like, an angle goes and as far as uh, an overall piece of business goes. Um, but, you know, it is WWE, so I will uh, temper my uh, my excitement about what, where this could go from here.
2: I mean, it was interesting you saying that they're about, like, the... you're liking that because of that flashback of the tag wrestler going singles and, and, you know, it's sort of, you know, just making you think on the back of that Road Warriors discussion that we were having there and just thinking about, like, Roman Reigns, actually, he just fits back into that time as well and that's, you know, that's basically what he is, isn't he? If you think about all those guys like the Road Warriors, just some massive fucking hard bastard who looks great, who should just be booked like that and people would just view him to be as, you know, as cool as fuck because he's just some some guy who could just be cocky or arrogant or, or just, you know, coming in and just absolutely destroying people. Um, but no, they had to put that spin on it the other way around and have him doing his sucker and sucker dash lines and all that kind of thing. that's, you know, Vince is dropping scripts for him and just absolutely destroyed that. And when you look at the way their, their business is in the shit from a ratings point of view, obviously not from a money point of view, but you know, God, they've, like you say they'll write books on this they they really dropped the ball on that one didn't they because I think they uh, in the when you look at sort of like a Cena level star or a Batista level star and things like that that they managed to mm. maintain and transition for that period in theory was probably the next one who should have been like that but the way that they you know people were behind him people loved the shield didn't they you know and I know yeah. they people loved different elements within the shield but people loved Roman Reigns and god they fucked that up monumentally didn't they
0: Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, like that. That that rumble where Brian got eliminated. People forget he didn't immediately turn on Roman. People wanted Roman to win that rumble. Like, and it was it was just the after, and it was just yeah, the just the pig ignorance in in listening to their own fans. But yeah, that will that can be its own. uh, Podcast really that as a story, but um, I was gonna say, JP, it was call me chief was the line, so you've got to call Roman chief now. Uh, that's the uh, that's the storyline right. we were going for here, but yeah, you the team with Heyman's great as well. Like the fact that Heyman's got all that history with his family, too, it's all great stuff. I just wish it wasn't happening in 2020 WWE, but yeah,
1: there we go. Uh, it's, but, uh, it's, it feels like a, like doing this angle is something that was sorely needed, but they're like what's like you say, like kind of six years out of date mm, for doing this. And it's at times it's when they, I think it's when they read metrics wrong and they Mm -hmm. put so much into thinking, actually, we're just going to sustain this level of business because it's selling this much merchandise. Whereas if you did some interesting character arcs, you grow and potentially build your audience who are going to be much more invested. But Mm -hmm. it's always seemed that that's the kind of thing that they go for. It all sounds interesting when you say it. You also saved me at least nine hours of WWE TV by (laughs) saying it. So I appreciate that. Whether I'd watch it, they'd need to be doing good stuff for like a year, I think, to even get me close to kind of having, like, it's, it's like, you're still thinking, why be invested? Why be invested in it? It, It's going to end up in some kind of nonsense, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's always the way it goes, isn't it? They'll be closed down
1: soon enough, won't
0: they? It's coming. Well, you know. Yeah. If anyone who investigates them for all the nonsense they've got under, under their roof. And uh, I think on Raw this week, they literally did an angle where it was Jerry Lawler in the ring with a 19 year old. Are they doing an angle where she's getting, apparently, she's getting texts by like a 30 year old wrestler. I feel like that's dangerous territory to go with your angle. Um, yeah, that's a whole thing they're doing this week.
1: The mm. less you know about
0: it, JP, the better. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. i uh, I'm not so su- I'm not surprised is yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um but I've been obviously on top of um AW uh, sorry, the top of the be worth mentioning aw as well as uh something I think we've all been watching this week. I'll let you guys because uh, we haven't got a huge amount of time going on dynamite, but I just wanted to note uh, AW this week, uh Highlighting the, uh, the great Ben Carter, uh, both on Dark and on that late night dynamite show, uh, last week. Uh, my God. Like, he was, he had the great match with Scorpio Sky and then they had that Lee Johnson match off of Dark. Like, this lad's a star. Like, I made the joke at the time. Like, Cody, people saying this didn't happen. I swear, I can't pull the quote, but Cody Rhodes definitely talked up Jimmy Havoc as being their potential big British star. Fucking hilarious in hindsight, thinking about that. This lad, though, Ben Carter. That's their next British star. I know they've got Pack, but he doesn't count anymore. Um, I feel like Ben Carter's going to be the next big thing. I thought the AW have done a great job of... You've got to get in early on these lads now. That That's kind of what yeah. you got to do. That lads needs snapping up to a contract immediately. I know him, like 20 other people uh, on the roster, and 20 other people in WWE did, uh, unfortunately, test positive for COVID last week. So that's the the negative of this story, of him doing match for AW, but positive is he's clearly someone they need to pick up and yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys managed to see either of those two matches, but like that Lee Johnson match was like watching an indie match from the mid-2000s with two unsigned dudes where you're like, these guys are the future um, and the Scorpio Sky match was great as well
1: I didn't see the Lee um, the Lee, jo- Lee Johnson isn't it, the Lee Johnson mm. match um, but I did hear obviously good things about it I saw the Scorpio Sky match, which I thought was absolutely great, I think I went like 3.75 on it mm. And it was the fact that Scorpio did some kind of interesting things, kind of worked the kind of subtle heel. He got to be more of the kind of, it was like a perfect kind of almost test for Ben Carter. He's like, here's this really experienced guy and you can do your stuff around. And he, he gave so much to him as well, which is kind of strange given Scorpio Sky having a, like a relative, like, he's in that. He seems like he's permanently going to be in that TNT title hunt. They're going to build up to when he wins. That is a really big thing. But, um, like after the match, when they did the promo as well and talked about like how much he enjoyed being in there with him. And you could tell that watching the match mm. and it was great to watch. Um, and just how like it, the temptation had been early on with Ben Carter. Cause you would might've seen him in a GCW multi-man that he's just a flippy guy. And you realize he's got so much to him. I mean, and there's so much room for growth. Is he signed?
0: Not, that's, not yet,
1: but he should be. He should be. And like, I mean, it's easy for me to say, and I don't want it. Like WWE, he'd get lost. Mm. Like he would, he would just be completely lost in the shuffle, but this is a COVID world. And it's going to be, what is the thing that's going to kind of, you're going to be able to get by doing, but like, I hope he goes to AEW. He's completely fresh. He's someone who that younger tier of talent that they have. If you could add him into that mix, I'm not saying he's at that Darby Allen, but even you got Ricky Starks in there and MJF and Jungle Boy. He's another person where you're thinking in five years' time, this is like your crop of people that you want kind of coming through into that, around that kind of being near that main event scene.
2: And this is, this is where AEW they really need to you know, I'd develop some kind of contract there where they can get people under contract, but then they're going to let them, you know, they're going to let them go out there, and they're still going to let them work these other shows. So that, but they've got them under the belt, but you know, they, they know this one who can they can bring them to the roster two, three years down the line, but they're still letting them go out and work GCW shows, or still letting work across Britain or Europe or wherever the kind of thing that they want, just to make sure that they're they're getting those reps in from working with loads of different people, working in lots of different styles, in lots of different areas as well, so that when they um, when they do eventually, you know, feel ready to to bring them up. You know, there there is a gap in the roster, there is a storyline need or something like that to bring somebody through, then they're even they're going to be even more developed and it's not somebody who you've just had to have, you know, win and lose matches on dark for, you know, eighteen months before you decide to, you know, stick a stick a bit more steam behind them. Because I think you've alluded to that previously, JP, when we've talked about like Thunderosa as well and like NWA and if they could have a closer relationship there, what a great, you know, breeding ground almost that they, they they could put in place there and send send somebody like that to where he's getting a bit of tv exposure he's maybe working with some more seasoned indie people he's working with some people who've maybe been in the big time and you know they're at the latter end of the career as well and things and you know i think that would be a real plus i think i'd, I'd love to see that relationship uh definitely um definitely come a bit more tighter
0: I mean, the only the only negative to like the whole GCW thing and people like Ben Carter working the collector is I think that's probably where they all got COVID from <laughs> working these indie shows and traveling to AEW in uh, in buses uh, in like little cars full of uh, full of indie wrestlers uh, that might be a concern. That's why you should sign these guys though, get them signed up and don't let them work the indies anymore. Like as much as I'm looking forward to it, Moxley probably shouldn't be working Bloodsport next weekend. Um, mm. I don't know, they need to have a think about that, but. That was kind of the story of this week's Dynamite. I don't know if you got... Obviously, by the time this comes out, it's going to be Wednesday morning. So there's another show coming. Um But I did not think that was a big thing of Dynamite. Like, who was actually there? Um, obviously, Lance Archer had failed a COVID test. Uh, I don't know if it's failed. is this fail count? Maybe positive on a COVID test. Rumours abound of uh, Nick Jackson. He travelled uh... with
1: someone with COVID. Is that what Jim Ross said?
0: Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, and Nick yeah. Jackson was conspicuous by his absence. No official announcements on that yet. But yeah, it seemed like a bit of a, a bare-bones dynamite for that reason. Eddie Kingston managed to uh, benefit though, which is one of the uh, the good stories of 2020 and got up found himself in that main event with Moxley uh, as a result. But yeah, weird dynamite last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys have got any uh, quick thoughts on that.
1: Just how horrific Miro is. <laughs> and how horrific all of that storyline is. I was kind of debating when I was watching. I was like, did TNA do worse jobs than this? Because you'd argue they always overpushed talent that they'd get in from ww who weren't at that kind of level. Mm. But this is, it's just, it just is horrible all the way around. And the match just dragged, and you're going, it's the worst start? indie match.
0: It was so. This was like if this was on an IWA Mid South show, I'd be embarrassed. Like Miro yeah. looked like he was doing a different sport than the other three. That, like that was a that was the bad Joey Janela. That match it was a fucking mess.
1: It was it was awful. The whole mm. thing was watching, and it was just like this is awful booking and awful TV. Who thought this was a good idea? And mm. if he and it's like uh, you know I've heard it said it's like if he thought it's a good idea, you just go no. It isn't a good idea. This is shit. Mm. And either you want a beer or you don't. But like, this is, it it was, it was awful because I think we'd all had this kind of thing about if you book him right, you can get yourself a really big star in there. Mm. And they, these first three weeks, they fucked it.
2: I'm still holding out and just hoping there's a bit of time. Like, obviously, these, it hasn't been, it hasn't been good, but, you know, I'm still holding out for this destruction of Kipsabian, Sabian where you just get the whole Nero doing that. Do you think I give a fuck about you playing video games with you and then Please. just absolutely destroying him at his wedding, running off with his missus and just looking like the hardest, <laughs> coolest bastard in the world, <laughs> just destroying, destroying Kip Sabian? But, uh, my, uh, my, uh, it has that to go exactly happen. like yes.
1: that. That <laughs> I can go on board with the way you said it as well. That's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot uh, shorter than that match was, which was <laughs> why well, went two minutes. I don't know.
2: Oh, I mean, it should have been. I mean, my notes. My first thing here is just Janella is the shits. Like that is the oh, first thing that I've written. Did, and he is. Did you see the should, bit where um... he should be on TV? He's the apps He's absolutely dog shit. He looks like dog shit. He's like <laughs> he moves. It is. he's he's just got no rhythm Uh, everything that he does just looks like in slow motion and off pace nothing looks real everything just looks as sloppy as fuck and I know I probably sound like Jim Cornette or something like that but he just should not be on TV especially when you see him stood there next to like Miro, who is just a beast, an absolute physical specimen. Like, he should just be destroying him in, like, two moves, three moves. This should be harking back to Animal. This should be a road warrior destruction here of Joey Janella, not letting him get his shit in and, like... Fucking up a few flips or something like that along the way and just trying to, you know, put some move that remotely looks innovative that he then like trips on the rope with or something like that. Just (laughs) fucking get off my television right now and just there's absolutely no, no reason for him. I wish he- I could
0: disagree with you cuz I'm a big fan. I I like Joey Janela but I agree with everything you just said. Like but I like Joey Janela the indie wrestling star. That's the that's the issue. Here. Like there was got what I was going to say that was a point where like on a I think where Kip did like a dive and landed on his head like over the barrier mm. and you could literally audibly hear Joey yelling going you're alright. You're okay. You're alright. Yeah. It's like dude, you're on TV, fucking like you're not in like some bum fuck indie like yeah. I I'm, I I think I'm absolutely right as well, Gareth He laid that whole thing out. That felt like such a job. Joey Ginello oh, wow. GCW indie match that I would probably enjoy on a shitty indie show or I'd at least kind of go well it's it's a shitty indie show match but yeah Miro belonged nowhere near that he belonged in a completely he doesn't belong in the same company as a Joey Ginello it just doesn't seem right yeah.
2: and, to, and to touch upon that point like JP made I mean like you know, you have had Lance Archer come in and essentially go straight to the top of the card to some degree. You've had the same with Brody Lee that he's come in and and, and done that. And there, there was that, there is that whole TNA debate argument, isn't there, of like somebody left WWE and they just come into TNA and they were just um, straight to the top of the card and it was like you know next WWE guy. So that there's, so there's definitely something for kind of like having a slow burn storyline and somebody can come in at a lower level or something like that or they don't immediately have to be in the, put in the title picture but what they definitely don't need to be doing is put in there with fucking Joey Janella and Kip Sabian as their entry point and have a whole storyline built around some bloody wedding and I play video games with this fucking loser on Twitch like Jesus Christ like just <laughs> just you know we're talking about fucking Roman Reigns obviously Rusev was another one that was right there in WWE's hands that they fucked up i've been desperate for him to go to aw thinking they'll book him properly they know what to do with him but again just i think this is even worse than what what, anything that happened with rusev at any point kind of thing at the the moment but i'm prepared to be patient and wait for this kip saving destruction on his wedding day hopefully and that's hopefully that's a quick reset button and uh, there we go we're off to the races i'll take it honestly
1: the angle shouldn't the angle should be happening in the first place you're recovering an angle that should never exist exactly it's just such a clusterfuck. if you're keeping janella on the only thing i say is keep him on as a talent scout that's Mm -hmm. what he's good for let him go on the indies and let him scout talent for you that's as that i actually think there's a lot there and there's things you could do creatively if you're going to do kind of some wacky stuff you'll notice none of that really involves him being in a ring on television yeah
0: yeah doesn't belong there, and again, I say that as a fan. Yeah. Um, what one other note I was going to say on Dynamite, and I, I think people lost their minds a little bit saying it was particularly good, but I did enjoy Moxley and Kingston in the main event. It was just, it was hmm. just, a, it was just a fight, wasn't it? It was, it wasn't particularly pretty. I gave it three and a half on Grapple. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. I'm happy to see him on TV getting to do what he does. I'm not going to pretend he's some super worker like. Some might pretend, super promo like that. That's what should. That was the other thing about that tag is like, what you know, what should have kicked off the show? That promo segment where Eddie Kingston in thirty seconds sold you on that main event. That's what you kick off your TV show with, isn't it? Not not a match like that, but yeah, I did want to make note that I did enjoy that as as a match, even if it wasn't you know all there. And obviously, uh we had the Cody return as well, uh, which was uh, which was a great angle too.
1: Yeah i course, I say we saw a cracking spine buster from Will Hobbs at the end of that match. Absolutely beautiful.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's the important stuff.
1: Uh, <laughs> no take no, no that comments. Away, on, nothing
0: else. No comments on Cody's new look: his black hair and his, uh, and his suit. Uh, that was a I proper like he had
1: black hair, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he kind of went back.
0: People are saying he went back to the dashing look. I don't know with that tattoo. You can't be that dashing. Um, yeah, that felt like. That was an angle planned for in about three weeks uh, and they just hit the emergency button because it was like, shit, no one's here, so let's bring Cody back. Uh, but, you know, it was a good angle and I'm, I'm glad to see Cody back on Dynamite.
2: I'm definitely looking forward to that, the dog collar match with him and Brody Lee. I think... I think- you know, them two working together, I think they'll have a cracking match with that, especially Cody with his old school values. I think it's the kind of match where, you know, you probably will see the the best of Brody Lee as well. And I just think he's knocking it out of the park at the minute. He's someone who I was never I've never been a particular fan of previously, you know, when he first came into AEW there was nothing about him that was really you know pulling up with tree pulling up trees with me but the last six weeks or, or, or so i just think he's just developed it real like into the into this character he knows what the character is now he's got mm-hmm. seems to have that bit more confidence about what he's doing and i just think he's he's just increasingly just in, in this star quality he's got this like Natural charisma that's been able to to come out a bit more, and yeah, you know, I'm absolutely absolutely hyped for this one. I think it's um, I think it's going to be a be a cracker, and just to, around the Brodie Lee stuff. I just love this John Silver stuff getting sort of increasingly but brought to TV as well because I've been loving the stuff that they've been doing on uh, being the elite with that, and it looks like it's slowly kind of you know filtering in there, and obviously that disdain between him and Brody Lee, and you know I just think there's some cracking thing down the line here with him costing him the title or something like that there that's just going to lead to some very entertaining TV between those two as well really so I think all in all you know from a, from a Brodie Lee like Dark Order perspective I think the way they've turned that around I've got my fingers crossed from a, a Nero standpoint as well that hopefully they can right their wrongs uh again on that one
0: yeah for sure uh any other thoughts on uh, on
1: AEW or should we uh we get into our G1
0: or anything else. You're not been watching anything else, have you, JP? You haven't had time for the m one this week, so.
1: No. No N1. No stardom. No Champions Carnival. Um uh, No not, impact. Not, no impact. Did try and watch some of that United Wrestling Network thing, but I can't gee myself up for the minute that nick all this Mike, Mike Bennett. Um <laughs> I so I was kind of more intrigued to see how it looked. And it yeah. looked fine. It looked very NWA, very Dave marquez
2: are you you're still on the ROH crack, Benno? Have you been there? Oh.
1: I did
0: watch last week's show. I'm one week behind. I, watched <laughs> that. I did actually watch that. You reminded me. Um, it was a mixed bag. Uh, Dave Finlay and Rocky Romero. Not as good as the
1: first high, is it, mate? That's what you've It's learned. not,
0: me. I got that... Got that like uh, nostalgia hit, you know, and uh, the mm. second time round wasn't quite the same. No, it was, it was, it was a good show. Like Dave Finley and, uh, and Rocky Romero had a, had a fun little uh, pure. T- it's all again, you know, two pure, pure matches built around promos. I learnt more about Dave Finley than I've ever known from him being in New Japan, so that's a positive. This feels like it might well be his uh, his excursion because um, he kind of never really had one, has he? Um, mm. So hopefully, like that, that's kind of what's happening there. Uh, yeah, good match with Rocky Romero he was. It, it appealed to me because he was drawing on his 2004-2005 uh, Ring of Honor history so you know I was a big Havana Pitbull fan back in the day so I enjoyed uh, that being played up uh, what I didn't enjoy from a nostalgia point of view and I will keep this brief I can tell you both looking at me like I'm going to go 25 minutes on this again I'm not promise <laughs> uh, Matt Sidell and Delirious was the main event and Delirious couldn't have more obviously been like an alternate like clearly that this was like the Marty Scales spot or you know being charitable maybe someone else but for this fucking pure title tournament when it's all about, like, honest sit-downs where, like, people are giving you the life stories, they had fucking Delirious on there with <laughs> subtitles doing his bah bad, bah stuff that was funny 18 years ago, you know? Like, fucking bad. Like, Matt Seidel was good, like, telling the story and being friends and getting into wrestling together and all of that. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh he was really miscast. Uh, considering he cast himself as well, it was even worse. Um, and yeah, they had a match uh, trying to go down the pure route. But yeah, I haven't caught week three yet. Uh, I'm, I've, I believe there's some uh, interesting names uh, coming up in the uh, in the weeks coming up. Tony Deppin's going to have a, an appearance that I'm looking forward to as well. But yeah, I'll go into a, go into more detail on a better show. That wasn't the uh, the best example, unfortunately, of the uh, the ROH nostalgia hit I was after.
2: Oh, you'll, you'll get some better stuff further down the line, and a bit more than just finding out Dave Finley's backstory. That'll, uh, that'll <laughs> you'll enjoy that a bit more.
0: There you go, there you go. If they, if they bring back uh, like uh, I don't know Special K or someone like that, or you know the the old Flippy dudes, you know, get him amazing Red back in back in the ring, get the, the SATs out there. I might get the jacket back on Gareth. That might uh, that might talk <laughs> you into it. But uh, <laughs> anywho, should we uh, should we talk some G one? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it.
3: G1 Climax, 30! Come on, Oh my God, and Kenny Omega's lip is barely hanging on. Lucha <laughs> King! Come on!
0: Right, right, let's uh, talk some G1 then. Let's get into it. JP, you should be very proud of yourself with that uh, with that intro. Uh, incredible work. Your finest work, I would say. And uh, yeah, better take that. Nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. Kind of thought, go for a bit of greatest day. Thought, what would New Japan not do? And I thought I was pretty <laughs> certain this wasn't going to be the theme song this year. Um, and Gareth said BBC. And like all great sort of montage stealing ideas, it pretty much comes from the BBC at some point. You just put Premier League footballers to it. It's a bit. It's it's surprisingly easy and <laughs> makes you feel quite good at the end of it.
0: <laughs> it's emotional. Gets me in the mood for it the uh, the Grey one climax. It works. Um, but yeah, I was going to say we're, we're going to go through uh, our highlights of uh, this last week, uh, week two uh, of G one. We're already at the end of week two, that's good and obviously people have noticed this is a show coming out Wednesday morning we recorded Tuesday night just to make sure it's uh, even so we've got two A block days to talk, two B block days to talk and we should have the uh, the same next week so it'll be another Tuesday night show next week but let's go block by block, let's uh, let's do uh, the A block first uh, and talk the two uh, A block days that we, we had over this last week and... Yeah, the, the A Block kicked off this last week with uh, with day three. Um, there's been a lot of wrestling this week, so it won't surprise me if people don't remember what day that was. But that was the day with the uh, the small matter of Jay White and Kota Ibushi uh, in the main event, and Will Ospreay, Tomohiro Ishii is like the uh, the secondary match on that uh, first day of uh, A Block action this week. Uh, yeah, couple of for my money. very... Very good matches. I've hovered between 4 and 4.25 on uh, on both of those matches uh, on Grapple and uh, gone back and forth but uh, big fan of the both of them. Osprey Ishii. Um I don't know. Maybe me saying I'm hovering between 4 and 4.25 is actually a little bit... De- it's kind of weird to say that I- I- I'd give a match 4 or 4.25 and be disappointed in it. I almost felt like I set my expectations too high for that match for Osprey and Ishii. Maybe I was just expecting them to go out there and, and hit it out the park and it'd be an immediate five star match. But I still thought it was great for what it was. Uh, I saw some criticism from people talking of it and saying, you know, I think Mark who does the post reviews, uh, said it, that it was very. Osprey the match, you know, Osprey fitting his spots in and, you know, I saw a couple of people make the comment that it was Ishii fitting into an Osprey match rather than the other way around, which I can't see to a point. I think Osprey fitting into maybe an Ishii mould might actually be even stronger, but... I mean that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy this for what it was. Uh, I still thought it was great. Uh, you know, to be honest, you complain about, Os- about Ishi trying to keep up with Osprey's spots, but getting to see you know Ishi trying to flip around and and duck under Osprey and uh, and keep up with him, and in the meantime, Osprey almost being the power guy in the match. I- I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for the spectacle. It was some really spectacular spots in there. You know, the uh, the cutter Osprey did on the guardrail on the outside being a, a big one for me. And yeah, like I say, I ended up settling on four stars. Uh, I could have gone 4.25, but uh, I don't know. Maybe you first, Gareth. Uh, where did you go on it? And did, uh, did it meet your uh, your expectations uh, here on day three?
2: I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it, Blake, because cause i I did it was a, it was a good match but I think it's that expectation coming into the mix there and I don't know maybe it's with me being, especially in the run-up to G1 been so close to the data and you know obviously within the show last week I was talking about you know eight and nine of Ishi's matches being being you know four star plus in the in the G1 last year and being the MVP you know Osprey obviously having match of the year last year and things like that I saw this one on paper and was thinking this is going to be it like this is this is Could be the match of the tournament kind of thing, and I think for me, because it wasn't the match of the tournament, that sort of was a bit of a letdown. Imagine that
0: be the yeah kind of
2: thing, which is which is which is terrible to say, isn't it? Because like it does, it all boils down to your thoughts going in and and that level of expectation. But I I don't know if it was. I, I don't know if it's something to do with the crowd because the crowd at, at, on that particular day weren't the the best i mean i've gone like 3.75 with it i i just sung something about it they just didn't feel like they connected like how i expected they would connect for for, for you know to some degree i i thought like i don't know there, there was an element of the, the flow be, between them just didn't just seemed a little bit off at times to to me and I, I feel like um I, I just thought there was probably going into it that there was going to be that
3: um
2: that sort of perfect story of the two different styles kind of thing that would be you know it, that would would create something better than it did really but i' but uh, I like I say I, I gave it a three point seven five. It's averaged out at like a four point one three on the app. So mm-hmm. you know I'm lower than the average there. You know, and I, I was probably surprised on the day when it up there that I seen like a lot of people throwing like four point seven fives and fives out there early on. And I was thinking, again, like I, that that felt obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You know, that felt like really, you know, that felt very high to me. I don't know. I just didn't. I, I, I felt like the, there was a little bit too much at times as well i just just, just thought like um was a lot of elements to it that just seemed a little bit unnecessary and it it kind of seemed to be where i don't know especially when osprey was on the ascendancy and there was there was just little little bits that i just thought were were a bit much I i don't think i enjoyed particularly the osprey arrogance kind of i don't know that Arrogant, bullying side almost a little bit before he sort of finally woke Ishii up, like um, calling him a bitch or something, and that brought Ishii out of his shell to attack. I don't know the, the, the whole kind of story of the match and the way it worked. It just didn't resonate with me. With me, like like I thought it would. And naturally, there was there was great spots in there as you'd think. You know, with you mm-hmm. know, like you say, the the Oz cutter from the guardrail and Ishii hit like a huge lariat near the end that you know was. Uh, that um, you, you know nearly uh, like led to a pinfall and, and, and things like that, but uh, I don't know. It was I'm struggling to kind of articulate <laughs> articulate. Mm. I don't want to get into like spots kind of thing and move by move mm. sort of thing. But my gut feel was that it it just underwhelmed and it was definitely wasn't a match where I thought I want to watch that again anytime soon or or I even wanted to see them to work together anytime soon. Which if you'd have asked me in the run up to the tournament, I'd have been like these are two guys who I just want to see just in this tournament and then like go on and do something together. Cause it can potentially just get better and better, but it, I, I just didn't feel it really.
0: I think maybe when, like you say that the line is match, we're expecting match of the tournament or match of the year. Here. I think even I gave, you know, me giving it four stars, I'm saying that saying, I really enjoyed it. And at the same time going, eh, but still I probably expected five stars and I would maybe put a bit more of it down to the, crowd more than anything I, I, I get what you're saying about like the flow of the match feeling off at times but i kind of i'm feeling that with a lot of these matches and kind of knocking off a star off because with a crowd that's going crazy like some of the spots might have you know landed a bit better and the the, the pace might have worked a bit better for me i don't know i don't know where, where were you on it jp were you, were you, were you thinking similar to, to gareth or i don't know yeah, uh,
1: what, what pretty you similar to similar to both of you in the sense that it was like it, if the whole didn't live, the whole is the less than the sum of its parts from what you would Mm. expect within this kind of match. So I went four stars Mm. and it's the idea of this is a really good match, but this is not, I had in, in your head, you work out something else and something different. and It's very hard to kind of remove it from that. I kind of felt that for me, like, I don't know. It's all the benefit of hindsight. If it was a sprint, mm. I would have preferred it. If it had had that kind of, I used it in that opening montage, that idea of the kind of Shibata Ishi running at each other stuff, that would have been it. And it mm. didn't have that. And I think it kind of needed that within the benefit of hindsight. And in other Ishi matches, there's always been the bits where he's kind of getting goaded much earlier on, so he's kind of like into kind of prime shit kicking mode, and here it like it took that little bit of a while to get there it's a story that kind of doesn't work because of the, in- the chaos dynamics and stuff like that i don't know i mean yeah it was four stars it was a good match but it, it really didn't just didn't do anything for me if it makes any sense it's like i've seen this before in some yeah. ways which is odd because it's the first meeting ever but <laughs> I like, was gonna say. how how is that the case
0: <laughs> maybe you've imagined it so many times J.P. Maybe yeah that's it, it is um, you
1: kind of assume that this match would have taken place at some point because they would have been you know together at various times or even like a kind of other, other tournament matches but yeah I, I don't know I it's it's kind of very similar to Gareth it's very hard to articulate it's, it's a very good match but the expectations are always going to be so much higher and yeah. like it's probably at the weaker end of the Ishii matches so far Wow. I mean, I would say, like, to your point about, like, the chaos
0: stuff, I did like, like, Rocky Romero. Like, I listened... I watched this back a second time with the English commentary. Bye-bye. And Rocky Romero was putting over... And I do think that helps. Uh, Rocky Romero's putting over, like, Osprey being a little shit, basically, and being, like... Because I think... I hope, in fact, because as you said, Garrett there, Osprey couldn't come across more unlikable, like, in this G1. <laughs> like, I just... If it's a character, I fucking hate it. It's just... you just... I mean, maybe that's the point. But he comes across so unlikable, and Rocky Romero was putting that over, saying, "Oh yeah, Ishi hated Osprey at first because uh, whenever Osprey would talk about Ishii, he'd just say Ishi and not ishii San, and he wouldn't give him that respect, and like it used to drive Ishi mad. And it was like, if anything, that just makes me dislike Osprey even more. Maybe again, maybe that's the point. I hope it's the point, because uh, yeah, it be uh, your... weird
1: otherwise. Oh, at your call show, he was quite cross with his dad. Because oh. he wouldn't budge up on the merch table. <laughs> this is <easy. laughs> I've often wondered that in the back of my mind—is this something that he's thinking about going fucking right? Like but,
0: this is yeah. the inside news that I, everyone listens to us for the inside scoop. Uh, exactly. Saying the that. When you took that photo of me, JP, me, me and Ishii, like I I bought a t-shirt off him just purely to get the photo with him. And then I was so excited about the photo that I forgot to pick my t-shirt up and I had Ishii angrily tapping me on the shoulder to like forcibly give me a t-shirt. Like, T-shirt, you fucking idiot. Maybe he was in a bad mood that weekend, I don't know. Or maybe he's never in a good mood, maybe that's what it
1: is. He's not a man made for merch tables. Like, very much the case. He doesn't like it, but I
0: admire his honesty. Did me was it? I think it was me. I I don't know if you tried to talk to him, and I was like, "Oh, good G one, yes." And he just looked. He didn't even like nod or make any attempt to say he didn't understand. He just stared a hole at
1: me, and I was like, "Okay, no conversation with each other." <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> I love small talk as you both know. <laughs> I've never know. You. it. it goes nowhere with him, and uh-huh. like more power to him. <laughs> like any of my snarky cockney comments, he's no selling, as he should do, <laughs> uh, and that's ironic because his selling's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very
0: true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it one, sounds one like I'm else. a bit higher than you guys on it, but I think I've I've, I've settled in the same place. i have still settled the four stars. Maybe that's the difference between me for me between the four point two five and the four. But I don't know what you're going to say, Gareth.
2: I, I think one thing here, as is I'm just thinking about it more again. Was I th- I think the size difference was off-putting for me. It's because of the styles. As well. when I'm talking there about like the, the different styles between the two of them, when they actually like stood together in the ring at the start. Like Osprey looked fucking enormous next to him, and yeah. and I think that sort of threw off the story dynamic you don't as, imagine as, that you know. in your head
0: do you when you think of that match you think of Ishii as the big man like it's weird yeah.
2: isn't it yeah like I know he's short but you just think of that sort of like spark plug kind of like you know little stockiness kind of thing but even from a width perspective like Osprey just looked he looked like a super heavyweight compared to him or something like that and then obviously when you you mesh Ospre- Osprey's style compared to what Ishi's style is I think that just visually just caused a little disconnect for me. But, I mean, either way, you know, like I say, 3.75, it's still a good match. It's still like a, a match that I enjoyed watching. But, um, but yeah, definitely uh, definitely nowhere near what I thought it was going to be.
1: have helped. Knock a star off at that point, I think. Issue's <laughs> not that
2: small. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: it is. It's like again. Like it's. I think it's the weightlifting belt as well. It makes like it's the illusion that he's like a stocky like dude he, he's not though he's tiny is she um but i don't know stone pitbull it works for his gimmick yeah, uh, oh, yeah. But, no, I, do, I do absolutely get what you mean um but you guys hire them maybe on the main event uh, Jy jay kota i gave that the same rating i gave that four stars um not to continue the Jay White loving, um, having Steph on last week and, uh, and no Joe around to uh, to tell us off, but I, th- I did think <laughs> Jay White was good this match, I enjoyed it. I thought he had two very good matches this week, um, this one better than the second one, but yeah, I thought there was a lot of good work in this one, you know, working over Kota Ibishi's leg. Kota Ibushi maybe you know sold it for a while and then maybe forgot about it a little bit, but you know it was still good. Working over the right leg as well, which I always appreciate because that's the that's the leg uh, Kota Ibushi will hit the knee with. So that I kind of appreciated that attention to detail. Um, and yeah, all in all, I thought they told a told a good story. I thought Jay White was a good shit in you know trying to get the fans chanting um, something he repeated in his uh, his second match from this week. I Thought that was a that was a fun little spot uh the little exchange they had there near the end of the match where uh where jay was trying to like go abushi to slap him and the, he slapped him back it was just great i mean the little things jay white does and i know we've you know we we, we had a, a former host on this podcast who wouldn't agree he is very good at some of those little things of being that shit and i think he has put it together a little bit more this last year i don't think it's just an odd imagination i do think there's and I know W.H. Park will be listening to this screaming as well, but I do think he's put it... to His moveset, I think, is a little bit more interesting, more dynamic. He's better at putting stuff into the dead space in his matches. And I just think maybe a big part of it is the fact that he's not fucking evil. Um, he's doing evil's act, but doing it so much better. Um, I still don't love the Gado stuff, but all in all, I thought this was a good match, and I think... Jay White and Kota Ibushi have got good chemistry. Um, they were in my top 10 matches last year. Don't think this will be in the top 10, but yeah, for a match, uh, I would never expect it to go to like anywhere near as much as Ospreay and Ishii. I've ended up at the same place, four stars on it. Uh, where did you go, Gareth, uh, higher or lower?
2: Yeah, I'm the same same as uh, as you in that I've ranked it the same as the, the Osprey Ishi match, which again, would have been a surprise going in, like 3.75. And again, because probably my expectations were different with this one, I kind of almost felt like even though it had the same rating, I kind of enjoyed this one a little bit more really. And um, you know, I, was, I, th- I think on last week's show, I was talking a lot about how much I'd enjoyed seeing Jay White again. And I felt like that. You know, I, I was surprised by that fact, and it just felt like he he seemed a bit more sort of confident and developed in the in the heel work that he was doing. And I was just you know pleasantly surprised really just to see that continue on to to this match. I thought, especially in a, a situation where I've been thinking this crowd's dead and I, it had negatively impacted the the Osprey EC match. I thought the crowd work and character work that he was doing was absolutely um, spot on. The, the the way he was coming out there, you know, he, he's just got that absolute shitbag heel down to a tea you know he's like mocking Ibushi you know trying to get the Ibushi chant going mocking the the crowd for the way they're clapping and then laughing at them when they're clapping along with like wrong things for him to be saying or doing at wrong times and things just like taking the piss out of the crowd a bit and things I've got got to say I've like I've loved Jay White in this tournament I really have I think he's been an absolute breath of fresh air and I think um, I think I'm. I'm so surprised to be saying it, but um, if you'd have asked me before the tournament, do I want to get Joe, see Joe? White go to the final and win it, or, or even get to the final? I'd have definitely said no. But I'm, um, you know, turning the corner on him here and thinking like, yeah, I'm, I'm well up for this, and I can, you know, I'm quite excited probably, um, about the direction that things can, can go in here. And like you said there, Ben, I think these two, they have just got great chemistry, you know? Um, you know, I think, um, some of the, um, some of the things in the match where, you know, Ibushi shown the usual sort of disregard for his own neck kind of thing as well with (laughs) some of them suplexes that Jay White was hitting on him where God, it was, it was, it was brutal. You know, it just looked, looked horrible (laughs) kind of thing, but, um, yeah overall yeah definitely definitely enjoyed it and it's a it's a 3.97 average on the app so essentially a a four star match for you know for the for the average people um out there so yeah all all good
1: i'm with you guys four stars and at the same time i am also enjoying lots of this character work which is oh
0: no it's the result of (laughs) him
1: being much more instinctive and kind of Knowing how to work the audience, our big criticism from the G1, what was it, two years ago? (laughs) Carry on. Go
0: on. I was going to say Joe's criticism.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, no, but we we all had none of us were enjoying him really in that, that necessarily. Like the way the matches were being booked, but also him not feeling like he, he had the character down. And there is something that's happened where there is that just much feeling I'm a little bit more natural and that makes it more enjoyable to watch it. Cause you're not watching someone that feels like it's in this kind of forced persona. Now, do I think that's really him? Not really, but there's much more of him in this character than there was before. And so those little interactions are actually making it interesting and seeing him being instinctive in terms of the, the crowd and trying to get them engaged. And actually there's relatively few of them who are doing that at times. Juice Robinson is the obvious other one who's kind of overtly doing it at points, but I'm enjoying that. Um, and the match itself for him to move on for me is before. He's just like, where is he without the bullshit? Let's take the bullshit away and let's see really where he is. The idea of him being sneaky and devious and doing anything to win, but doing it by himself for me, that's really the next evolution of the character. And if you're going to turn it into a much more sort of, let's say tweener direction, that's some way you could go down, but, all of the things you said with the match in terms of the chemistry worked. I mean, that G1 final I enjoyed, but it also had that high stake drama of, I don't want him to fucking win. Like, <laughs> and I'm not being funny, that adds something. Yeah. But unfortunately it isn't really like that. There's people. I, I dislike a lot more that I really don't want to win rather than him. And I don't know if I would have said that two years ago. Mm.
0: Totally. Yeah. And it's, Again, for me, it's just—I mean—I I feel like back in the day, I know you know JP was just negative
1: rotating eye. in a great
0: Joe <laughs> okay. fucking hated him. and I always felt like I was the guy going, "He's all right, though." I wasn't—I I wasn't totally defending him, but it was like I almost felt I was default in that position because I was the least—I hated him the least. And then now, like last week, I felt like that flipped where like you guys were kind of throwing roses, especially Steph, um, and I was Is like. He- is this all, all right? right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. But I was still in that same position. Well, he's all right. I I wouldn't go that far. This week, though, he did have a really good week. I can't deny it. He had two very good matches. We're going to get into the second one in a while. But yeah, um, this was a really good match. It was memorable but and it was different because of his performance in it as well. And I didn't even hate the though stuff as much as normal. So, you know, yeah. Um, like I say, I don't think this is going to be in my top 10 like the last one was last year. But yeah. Very good match, uh, and, a, and a fit main event. And I never would have, I would have thought I'd be, I'd be much more uh, excited to talk about Ospreay and Ishii, which I did also enjoy. But yeah, kind of shocking that this one was up there
1: for uh, for all of us with it. He feels much more like a main event doesn't he? And the way he was closing the show and the other things like that. Even though he's delivering the promo in English, there yeah, the pro- is something about it. That, Fuck, the promos are good as across. well, aren't they? That's annoying. Do I like Jay White? No, the promos uh, are really good. Oh, no. Has, <laughs> she been, has Stephanie been doing some fucking Clockwork Orange-style mind control with this? <laughs> WH will tell you that. He'll be fuming.
0: We've lost WH as a listener now. We're never going to get him on the show. Yeah, that's yeah, been our he's dream for ages to now. Go if
2: you, if you play back Steph's recording from last week, it's probably like saying something backwards or something like that that's getting <laughs> into our minds or something that's... Uh, yeah. Jay White is the best, Jay White is the best, something like that, you know. Next oh, week, hey. I'll
1: just be coming up just going, like Dick Togo's really good, isn't he? The <laughs> way he interfered in that evil match was great.
2: I hope you've got a berry on when you're saying that.
1: <laughs> I always Where? have. I haven't got that hat, though, on the end of your dick. <laughs> 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 who's buying oh, him? Again, who's buying
0: Amazing. Um, I mean we'll we'll probably continue the love in a second, but just to finish off with this day three, any big thoughts on the rest of the matches from this day? I think the most notable result is Taichi going over Minoru Suzuki. Uh you know, Taichi gun, is it coming? Maybe that's what we're getting. Um I thought that was, you know, probably my of the other matches on the show, the highest I went three point two five for that. Uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on that or the the other matches?
1: My thoughts on that one was it was a story rather than a match. So there was the kind of the spectacle was seeing how these two were going to interact. And I will say one of the nice things, not having those multi-mans is that when people actually interact, you kind of don't know how it's going to start. And I think this is something that's actually quite good. And it's like for a long time, it's been sort of touted. We'll end up with Tai Chi gun. And this is kind of part of that story. So, even though as a match, I could care less because of it was just sort of brawling on the outside and him kind of living up to it, and then staring at the what is it—the silver fucking hand thing that your man had came <laughs> to the crowd. Izuka, great match of Wrestle War '92. I digress, <laughs> but it like it, I don't know I've gone with that. Yeah, as a match, like not great, but as part of that storyline it feels like the way they're possibly going with all of these directions. It feels, it always feels like, well, much more now than ever that all of these factions are about to implode. Mm-hmm. Like all of them, they're all setting seas for all of it, which probably means that none of this will happen for three years. <laughs> so given ghetto booking. Well, how about you, Gareth?
2: Yeah, I'm very, very much sort of the same as, same as JP there. I mean, I gave the match a 3.25, but it was this, it was a, the story, not the match really, that was, was was absolutely compelling. And, you know, I just loved little elements of it. And, you know, Suzuki very clearly just meaning business from the start and not clapping along to to his song and you know no pleasantries straight in Taichi's face and you know very much kind of like bullying him and things like that and then right through to later on in the match when Taichi ripped his pants off it was a very non-dramatic kind of thing it was a very just business all business kind of thing as well and I quite like that, that idea that it was it was a contest, a challenge between them, between the, the two of them. And it kind of, from a story perspective and that sort of interfaction perspective, it sort of just, I don't know, it just added that that element there of of nuance. And then the fact that, sort of, I know obviously they brawled on the outside and used, you know, different weapons and things like that, but ultimately Taichi beat him clean, didn't he? You, you know, as, as, as a near-Islamic clean, he didn't cheat to win sort of thing. And then, so the fact that he'd, he'd managed to do it in that way kind of thing. Again, I thought just as a story, you know, just as a element of plot to develop that story further and just develop the Taichi character further. And, you know, in thinking about, you know, God, I've I've beat Suzuki without needing this glove or without needing to do something, you know, you know, stupid from a cheating perspective or something like that, that, um, that, you know, maybe I can lead this faction, maybe we can fuck Suzuki off and go, go in a different direction, you know, the win over him I suppose means that he gets a shot at that belt as well which again will be an interesting step moving forward for the for the faction and, and, and things like that so I, I definitely just think as a, if you think there just as a, you know, a fourth fourth match on a show kind of thing it, it, I think it had it held a lot really in for, for, for taking things forward so um yeah pretty much uh, pretty much lo- you know loved it really from a storyline point of view and enjoyed it more than I probably expected again from a match match standpoint
0: yeah it's coupon buster as well. Fucked my, fucked my, uh, my contest. Really? For that day, this one, yeah. I didn't. I, you just assume, but I just assume Suzuki's going over when he's facing the, uh, so. you know, l- lower end people in, uh, in his faction. But yeah, you know, gay they, okay, they'll throw a couple of surprises in there for us. Um, did anyone before we get into the Okada stuff, which we can probably tie into the two days? Anyone have any big thoughts on Jeff Cobb and Shingo, or were you the same as me? I went uh, three stars on it, Gentlemen's three. Jeff Cobb is a fucking guy. That's all he is. Like Jeff Cobb. I don't I just don't think there's anything there anymore. Like I, maybe this is early to call it, but last year one I was like I'll let him I'll let this slide for now. <laughs> it's like it's his first time out there properly. First big tour. You know, he doesn't know maybe he doesn't know how to, you know, fit into the new Japan style or you know, he's not comfortable dominating matches that type of thing. I just don't see it with Jeff. I don't think it's ever it's ever going to come good. I think he's going to be Mister Three Star on these undercards right through. And yeah, I mean Shingo's ceiling is much higher than Three Stars, but I, I feel like his. Uh... Three stars is as low as he's gonna get uh, in this tournament, especially in a block that hasn't got Yano in it. I think he'll he'll pretty much always pull something out, Chingo. Um, but this wasn't the one, and yeah, I'm I'm blame- I'm laying the blame fairly on Jeff Cobb. Not even saying it was a bad match; it was just another three star Jeff Cobb match that I'm sure you know. Almost a week on, can you even remember much about it? I
2: mean, with with that, I mean I'm the same. You know, I gave it a. it was just a middle of the road match average on the app is 3.46 so so people sort of slightly slightly higher than us there I mean I think again it was what it was it was a match kind of thing and it was a it was a decent little back and forth match you know like you say three star special really at the end of the day and you know it was I, I, you know vividly remember it improving like they really picked up the pace towards the end and that probably just nudged me that 0.25 0.25 higher, but I think the main thing that stood out for me was was the fact that Cobb won. And I think I was a bit like, oh, "Does this show where Shingo fits in the pecking order in, in in New Japan?" There's a lot of people where in the past there's been talk of, "Oh, it should have been Shingo instead of Evil at the top end, and that would have been a better better story and things like that." But if he's, and I know anyone can lose to anyone in the in the G1, but to to lose to Cobb the way he did, it kind of just made me think. Yeah, you yeah. this is where this is where Shingo's pegged here. He is a guy who's going to go, you know, four and five or five and four in G ones probably for the next uh, three or four years or or something like that. Really, and, and and again, while his ceiling is higher, not necessarily sure that he's going to be be pushed in that direction.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, I went three stars on it. I mean, couple of looking at my notes, it, Cobb. I just don't think he has that fire he kind of works at that one pace and he can't step it up beyond that and in this you're going to need to be able to do it and you're kind of in some ways your opponent is the person who's almost like the best person at kind of exposing the kind of level that you're going to be able to get to and this was three stars and yeah like you say he's he's going to be kind of a guy and i was thinking of the best presentation i've seen of jeff cobb for a while going back to it, it was that one week he went in aew Kind of came in as True, a killer. Yeah. And yeah. It was it was a different kind of presentation, and I think that actually worked. Mm. And it's, but that's not here. There isn't really any characterization other than kind of American ex Olympian wrestler mm. who's 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 good. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: that's it. Put put him under that hood again. Get him doing Matanza again. That's what I want. Yeah. I want future Underground Jeff Cobb back because. Is- yeah, he'd be far more exciting on these two <laughs> the cards. Uh, we're probably given him more attention than he deserves there, so let's move swiftly on. I mean the the last match on, on day three and it bleeds into day five, I think, quite nicely. A Akada the uh was on hmm. day three, and then Akada Jay White was on, on day five. And I felt like the evolution of this Okada story really hit me between these two matches. Like, the Yujiro match, I just wasn't feeling it. Like, I think I saw uh, Ian Hamilton put in his Back Body Drop review. The feud no one wanted continues. And I was just like, ah, oh, this fucking stupid story with, you know, Okada, oh, has he still got it? Oh, let's have bad matches on purpose. Oh, let's get this money clip over. And I was just, I had no time for it. And I just, yeah, it wasn't for me. And I went 2.25 on Grapple. Fast forward to day five and the main event, Okada and Jay White. And let's, oh, let's not do the Jay White loving again. But like the difference for me in those two matches, like I was tempted to go four for, J- for, for Jay White to Okada. I really enjoyed it as a storytelling match that I went 3.75 in that. And it was the moment this story clicked for me. It was the moment where like, I think it was Okada's insistence on going back to that fucking money clip. And I went from like, in a non-kayfabe way going, I just hate that move, to going, I get it now. Every time, and I think this was a timing thing, especially being in there with Jay White. There you go, there's more praise. Every time, Okada, it looked like he hadn't beat. He'd hit the tombstone, he'd be about to go for the rainmaker. And you know what he'd do instead? He'd fucking do that money clip again. (laughs) And he he couldn't help himself but think that was the right thing to do. And it fucked him. And it was such a well-told story. It was like the penny dropped for me. And I know, you know, we've already given the credit earlier on Joe Lanzas, the guy who's been shouting this from the rooftops, that uh, oh, yeah. this is the story. Um, and We're all dumb for not getting it. And it's just Okada doing the balloon thing again, but in a different way. Um, yeah, it, it, it the penny really dropped for me and I'm almost embarrassed by the, uh, m- maybe it was earned, the 2.25 I gave for the UGiro match. But yeah, I really got it when it came to this Jay White match and, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and as a main event coming after two other very, very good matches, we're going to get into in a minute. Like I thought, that thing really delivered too. So I don't know, but maybe talking O'Card as a whole in this story, uh, maybe you first, Gareth. What did you uh, make of these two matches? And uh, is it a story that's clicking with you um, so far this in, in this G one?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it's a it's a, it's a story, and I think one of the things that I've written down here is that. I guess we're not gonna know how well this story's worked, probably for another twelve to twenty-four months, potentially, kind <laughs> of thing, which is which is which is a bit of a wow. bizarre thing to bizarre, bizarre thing to, to write and be thinking at this stage. But I think there's that element of obviously there's that difficulty of a had being on top from such a young age and having that outstanding run that he had that that can't go on forever and they do need to, you know, try and change it up and he can't, he can't just stay there at this, this elite level and you've kind of got to bring him down to bring him back and things and obviously they did it with the b- balloon thing and, you know, I think, you know, I was, I think when we talked about this last week, I was saying there's no way he's shot, you know, he's had two, of the, he's had the two top, matches on grapple this year only in January and then he's had all this time off to bloody recover pretty much in between there's no way he's suddenly like forgot how to how to work kind of, um, kind of thing so you know I was very much kind of feeling on board it was a you know, it, it was a story, and and I think when I saw him come out against Yujiro with his lower back taped up, I think that was a clear sign to me, clear sign to me that yes, this is definitely a story. That random bit of tape there that he's got there—I <laughs> don't think this is uh, what's uh, hindering his performance by by any means. And you know, the the Ujuro match just was—you know—it was what it was, wasn't it? It was just a very kind of you know, it was Okada was half-assed, but just you know just did enough got the win because at the end of the day um you know at the end of the day quality shines through and you know he gets it on that basis but I was exactly like you Benno on that on, on that Jay White match um you know the, a couple of days later you know I went 3.75 I was very close to going four and like I've, I looked, you know the the app has it running at like 3.55 average and I, I was like dead surprised by that because I really, really enjoyed this. You know, I just thought that, like you say, the, the, the storytelling um, in, in in the match there with Okada just. Annoyingly, frustratingly, keep going back to that bloody money clip kind of thing when he should have been diff- doing different th- things, yeah. and you're there with him on that journey kind of thing. It's like no kind of thing, you know. If you,
3: yeah,
2: obviously Jay White's been such a shit bag kind of thing that you want to see him get beat as well. And I really feel, I just feel like, you know, we talk about. The development in JY, and I think sometimes having a bit of time off is sometimes the best thing that can happen to a wrestler. I think we've seen it so many times over the years, and I think with him not being able to work so much this year, um, I think he's you know he's clearly put the time into taking a step back, looking at the work that he's done before. There's 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 elements of other people's character, you know, great heels from the past and things like that that he appears to be applying to his own work because he's definitely. He's definitely turned up the dial in a lot of areas, be it be it just the the just the small ways in which even like small degree of like just just the way he kicks someone or he hits someone or he just he just like pokes them or whatever you know little small elements that he's doing in his in his work there as well as the the crowd engagement stuff where he's uh, where he's is is working with that and I just feel like he's just. Learned to just become a more convincing prick, basically. Kind of thing at the at the end of the day, and that's what he's is conveying, and he's he's very very convincing in it. And I think he he really, you know, it just it just seemed to work with the the card storyline. I mean, that, like the the stuff where he was like he had a down and it's like slap it, slapping a card back, like in time to the slaps that the crowd's doing and things just little, what a shit bag, little annoying thing to be doing kind of thing. But he's, you know, he's just, just doing little things like that. And, you know, it just, just really, really worked, you know, I, 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 again, sorry, I'm banging on, but I, 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 Really, really enjoyed this. I'm, I'm thinking about this, thinking, no, I, I, I should have gone four on this, not 3.75. It was, uh, it really, really stood out to me, and maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I'll rewatch it tomorrow and upgrade.
0: It's, it's funny because we're like we're raving about this as like a, as a four star match when we were just having a go at a four star match before. But I think it's, it's a different type of match though. It's, I think the reason the grapple mm. rating is so low the average is so low, is because it's, it wasn't going out there to have the, the great sports match. It was going out there to do a particular thing, which was to get this Okada is a fucking idiot storyline going, mm. basically. And Jay White was the perfect guy for it. And yeah, didn't think I'd be sat here raving about two Jay White matches in the
1: same week, but here we are, JP. It's bad, isn't it? It's Yeah, I mean, I can only echo sort of a lot of the thoughts, particularly in how, like, the Yujiro match, just, God's sakes, it was awful. But it's part of, I think with this storyline, and it, it, and I think we were saying itself after the first week, that this seemed like this is what they were doing, which is actually kind of a G1 trope in many ways of people starting off slow, isn't it? That's what they love. That's why you get your upsets early. And then it's the big chase towards the end. But this is kind of part of the bigger Ricardo storyline of what does he do when he doesn't have the title? It's all this kind of him not handling the fact that he's not champion, which then ties into the fact that he was a champion at such a young age. So, it's a different kind of ace story, and you might talk about with somewhat with Tanahashi of like you've got the falling ace kind of raging against the dying of the light. That's the kind of whole thing with him kind of not being able to get there. And with Akada, there's this idea of like getting a bit too kind of grandiose. It's kind of like he's flown very close to the sun, kind of like Icarus, and there's an idea of him kind of not being able to really handle it, like and he's kind of lost it and he's not. It's a different type of character to someone like Naito, and this is where they do such a good job at getting characterization over through just a post-match promo and a match, and this works and this gets over. Because, like you, when he was going for the money clip, I kind of found myself getting annoyed and laughing and mm. smiling about it because it's like, oh, it's I how casual change. it looks, isn't it? That's it's very how, good. That yeah, I like how. This is clearly your undoing. Yeah. Okay, I'm kind of fine with this. Oh, but for fuck's sakes, it's a shit move. Clearly, it <laughs> looks shit. Yeah. Like, there's a point where he put it on new drone. You is just like, all right, oh, I better, better shift me ass over towards the ropes then. <laughs> like, there's that kind of moment. But he's not yeah. really working hard to do it. He could have danced on his ass over to the ropes. <laughs> so in this, there's an element of him, like, kind of being, like, somewhat humiliated. Like, mm. within the kind of defeat as well. Um, and I I like the idea of it. It sets up the inevitable, him kind of getting himself back together. If I might add, like, the white boots. And I banged on about this a while ago. But it was like one of these, mm, I don't like it when he does this. Rainmaker gear on. Like, that's the simple time. When he's on, it's Rainmaker gear on time. And I'm sure we'll see that by the end of the tournament. Mm. I mean, I haven't had a win, so... <laughs> And on top 12. of the G1 pick, and so like he's winning it. Yeah. <laughs> Take that as gospel in that case. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I've got <laughs> Sonada finishing running her up, so we've got some fucking lot of pain <laughs> to get there with. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, tell
2: you, I tell you he needs. He needs a ghetto in his life, it's never been the same, has he?
0: Well, no,
2: never no, been. Maybe that's
0: oh, the well, that better not you. pay off. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there you go a match I didn't expect us all well to be a uh, uniform on but yeah definitely a, definitely a high point of the G1 so far actually I really with you Gareth maybe maybe I will, I'll I'll uh, look it up on my rating as well uh, yeah really strong one
2: I think with the Jay White stuff as well um, I think when I like we were coming into this I was thinking that the storyline was probably going to be that he was Going to get fucked over by Bullet Club, and he was going to turn face, and evil would be the leader of Bullet Club. But seeing him perform in the way he has in this, I'm thinking, please don't let that happen. Please, you know, please, like just just keep Jay White as a heel, and just keep him as a heel for another couple of years now, because if with the development that we've that we've seen in him. Oh, it would be terrible now for it to it to it to go the other way. He absolutely has to be the 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 the, the top heel or, or pushed on that trajectory. And obviously, it's, you know, we, I think we all know our thoughts about evil and not wanting evil to be the uh, one in that yeah. position. But you know, even take evil out of the picture, I think it would be a cry shame if they if they didn't continue down the route given the improvement that is that is made. Yeah, that's it.
0: You know, I, the, the one thing, the only reason I hope for that, and I did hope for that early on in this tournament, was like, I just, I just can't do anymore with the Ghetto stuff. But I suppose I'll take it um, if we do get like the, you know, these performances from JY White going forward. Maybe just less of that. Maybe move Ghetto away from him. Maybe do that. Uh, maybe, maybe switch, do the Togo yeah. switch. I don't know. Uh, maybe that would Get happen,
1: rid of that King <laughs> As, if he's If I we're like talking King. switch, he's gone very much from sub to dom. In this year's
0: tournament, hasn't it? Oh, king switch. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, the other, like... Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's late, everyone. Oh, um, sure. the, other, the other big uh, story are of uh, the A-block uh, on this 2nd uh, day, A-block day, day five, was uh, two very, very good matches. Can't believe we've just spent about 15 minutes going on about Jay White again rather than these. I wouldn't have called, wouldn't have called it going in, but... Yeah, I, I did think. Th- I mean, seriously, this was for me. This is the show of the G one so far because of the top three matches, and these other two matches right underneath were you know fantastic. If any, I, I gave both of them four point two five stars. Um, let's start with a a, a bushi uh, ishi. Uh, I don't know that one. I mean, it feels like another one of the Ishii matches where you just you imagine it in your head, and yeah, that's exactly what we got. Um, <laughs> like I I thought like Kosa bushi. I think it was very much an Ishii match, whereas maybe the the Osprey um Ishii match was very much an Osprey match. This was, you know, the opposite of that, I think, in that Ibushi kinda slotted in a lot better uh into Ishii's formula. Um I still enjoyed both, but this had really something going for it in that like just Ibushi just refusing to back down and trying to get into these fights with Ishii and doing his that fucking creepy dead cell that he does now. Um, where he's just like... He's t- he's, t- he's t- like flipped the switch. He's Ken Shamrock and he snaps. Um, I-, I don't know how you uh, you describe it. But that that whole thing works so well with Ishii just looking at him like... What the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm going to hurt you. And then Ibushi eventually finding out that... Yeah, you know, he might be small, uh, Ishii. But he- he'll take you down as well. Uh, yeah, it was just... It really connected for me this match i just thought it was a really hard hitting maybe not the match of the tournament so far but up there in maybe my top three matches uh at the tournament i would say lots of great spots in there with you uh, i think ibushi's really good at that about you know not not doing his spots for spots sake but working in his big moves into somebody else's Formula and you know, and you know, we're working in, you know, going for like the Kamago, the Bombay knee, um, in the match, and you know, Ishii being desperate to counter it, um, you know, and 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 working really well, you know, with Ibushi's offense as well. Um, yeah, it was just a fight for me. I really enjoyed it as far as the match goes. I went 4.25 on grapple, um, and yeah, uh, this and the match that followed it, I think, were, were real highlights of uh, of the G1 so far. Um, where were you on this one, Gareth?
2: Same as you with that 4.25, and it was 4.31 on on the app as an average. So again, people slightly above me, uh, me and you even there in, in in terms of how much they liked it. I mean, to me, this was this was everything that I kind of hoped Osprey um, issue was going to be, and it was it was it was just better. It was just they just clicked. They just had so much more chemistry for me. I think they just um, the, the the match structure, the way they worked together, I think the way that they traded strikes looked a lot more. Realistic, and it looked—you um, know—some of them were brutal. You know, some of those, uh, some of those kicks that Ibushi was landing, were absolutely yeah. Absolutely sick, and then, um, like you say, um, um, just a, a, again Ishi coming back at him with um, with some of those lariats that he hit, and some of those strikes. I just think it was just you know real good, hard hitting, fast stuff. The way they just had a, a clear connect between each other, and I mean that was the I mean you reference there, like you know wanting to you know. Counter the Camagoyo that that headbutt at the end to oh, as, as part of the counter that was just fantastic. Like what a spot! I was just like I was like off the sofa with that one. That was just like mm-hmm. superb. I just left this one just feeling, yep, this is here we are. This is G one kind of thing. This is this is one of those matches that's going to be up there when we're when we're looking at um, the best matches of the tournament and probably you know edging in there towards some of the best stuff for the year uh, and just great stuff all around. I don't don't think I need to say any more than that.
1: It's getting quite boring, this. We're all going for the same kind of scores. I want four point two five for this as well. Uh, give it two um,
0: stars for just the lols, JP. Yeah, slag it
1: off. Just give yeah. it give it point two five. To sort of ruin the rating. Bring it right down. What was it like? It was shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Um you're right, all the things, the the connection and everything else. There's not really so much you can necessarily kind of add to it. Um mm. yeah, that I can't add on to it. It's it's just I think though there is a ceiling for what we may end up giving things like I find it very hard I suppose when watching this I was thinking what am I if I, what would I give 5 stars to in this era yeah of matches in front of crowds if not because- this if it had that kind of little organic, like that bit of the kind of loud scream and that big knee earfall, and everyone bites on it, like that would be the thing that would kind of take it further. And that isn't anything that anyone can really kind of recreate. Unfortunately, you know, it's a series of like what must be muffled kind of screams and polite, but banging, clapping.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you can feel it. You know the people wanna emotionally react to these spots. Like Gareth said, that headbutt spot. You knew you could kind of hear a bit of an ooh, but it wasn't very loud. Like that's when you know it's a good match when it kind of brings the, the like all that moment when uh when he punched him in the throat. Like that was another one where it felt like you get a great reaction for that. Like it was. That's the shame, isn't it? That's the shame of it. Like I, when I did the uh, the G One podcast with uh, with Pollock today on post, like that was a big take for me. It was like these matches, these four point two five matches, these four star matches are probably close to the five star matches in another era. Um, so Lord knows what it's going to take for us to maybe give a five star out. But yeah, this this is this is again this is G1 season isn't it a match like this this is I felt the same way I did about the Minoru Suzuki Ishii match as you said on the day Garrett this is when the G1 starts when you get matches like this Um, and yeah the other other thing I I, I noticed as well I just think it's there's something about Ishii's character where you just don't really think he should be smart like you can't imagine him sitting there and watching tape of Ibushi yet he knows all of Ibushi's big spots like he knows to avoid like the the Mami and he knows to avoid like uh, you know the moonsault off the top and stuff and it's like he hasn't got any of that from watching tape he's just got that from experience in like the six mans and previous meetings of the type. you know ishii doesn't watch any tape uh, it's just pure instinct with that man i just love i just love the the character in general and just who he is he's mm. such a fucking delight like these g1s are gonna be like if it if and when he has to retire and i'm sure he will at some point considering the wear and tear he's put his body through like yeah the g1's gonna have a huge ishii shaped hole in it because he's so
1: fucking great and that's the funny thing, isn't it? He's—you'd argue the best wrestler. So I say easily the best wrestler who's ever taken part in it, never to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very good argument, certainly within modern era, of you'd argue in some ways the best G1 wrestler. To the mm-hmm. degree, it's the sheer consistency level that he achieves, and I know Gareth, you—you you know, like you, you're looking at like all the people coming, it's him every year he's just kind of like old reliable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like kind of, you know, everyone else will fluctuate, but there's just this absolute kind of solidity and just the way he works. And it really comes down to the idea of like, he's like your ultimate finish, finishing school, isn't he? He's like, mm-hmm. he's the guy who you look at and he shouldn't be having these great matches. You look at a Bush and he's like a fucking Greek God. <laughs> and it's like, but here we are. <laughs> yeah,
0: they don't look like they should be in the same ring together. It's, nah. Yeah, what does Ishii make of someone who looks like Kota Ibushi? What does he think? You know, <laughs> it's just I'd love to know. Uh, um, <laughs> and he won't know, the...
1: will he? He's not going to say. Oh, of
0: course that No, maybe on those chaos nights out. Maybe it all uh, comes out it. When he, he puts on his little JP hat and he uh he parties with the lads. Uh, <laughs> I mean the other match on this show, the other big match on the show the, the small matter of Shingo and Will Ospreay I think I'm going to be the high man on this one, I went 4.25 on it um, you know I was close to going 5 on their last match from last year, uh, it's not again, in this year it's not going to hit those heights, uh, it's just not happening I saw a lot of criticism of the, the spot, spots earlier on in the in the match and the you know the the. I, it's not going to be for everyone, kind of you know the the the, hmm. the Matrix style, you know I miss a move, you miss a move stuff, but didn't bother me to be honest. Like I like that style anyway, so maybe maybe I'm you know I've got I'm carrying a bit of bias there, but I honestly thought Shingo kind of gra- gra- grounded the match, um, and you know Osprey is a wrestler I really enjoy watching, but he's not a wrestler whose instincts are always the best, and I felt like Shingo kind of dragged him into you know something more, something of a story kept the match grounded and I think the two of these have just got such good time and such good chemistry I can't imagine them having a match and me going less than four to be honest, even this in this era with no crowd and you know, not to belabor the point but I really think like there were moments in this match where uh, maybe a bit similar to the EC match where it felt like maybe the momentum had gone a bit I feel like with a loud crowd you know, that stuff Gets hidden, and that stuff is designed for you know a crowd should be going mental right now, and a crowd can't go mental right now. And I do think that hits this style of match a little bit, but still loved it. Went 4.25 for me, wasn't a huge amount. To, uh, breaking up a Bushi Ishii in this, um, this is probably my preferred style of match, and maybe I'd like this a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, obviously, Gareth, you mentioned the uh, the Ishii Osprey match was a bit of a disappointment for you. Where did you uh, you land on this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, I. I gave this a 4.25 as well. And probably it was one of them for me. It was just, it was, um, I don't want to be down on it, but it was tempered by expectation as well, because like, obviously I'm buried deep in grapple stuff and, you know, Shingo Osprey from the best of the super juniors last year was like number one spot on the grapple 100. You know, it had an average of 4.87 from, you know, at the time over 600 ratings i'm you know, we'd be higher higher now but you know i gave that five last year and and, and loved it so it was you know it was one of those where f- for me it's like they're fucked before they've even started because there's no way that they can achieve that again in this current scenario that we're that, that we're having to see shows in i think the fact that it they did what it did and it got you know a 4.25 from me and um it has a you know it has that 4.35 average on the on the app which is you know as 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 high as anything that you're going to get out there at the at the moment's kind of testament to to how good it was i mean i think you know you know my views on a lot of like flippy high-paced stuff kind of thing i'm i'm generally you know i'm not on board with that if it looks gratuitous and it doesn't look like it's it's real and there for a purpose, but I was well into that opening sequence there, the pace that they were going at. It looked like it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just running about for running about sake and things like that. It looked like they were generally trying to, you know, get the advantage over each other in that way. And obviously they, you know, they're, they're coming into it on, on, on the back of that, that final from the best of the super juniors as well. So it was kind of a natural progression from that style. But then I think, um, as things went on, obviously, then I think again the size that Osprey's put on, I think his physical dominance looked a lot clearer here than it did in that best of the super juniors final last year as well. And I think that showed with the way that he worked and he used his, you know, his size and his strength and things like that to to be able to you know bring that to the to to the fore a little bit more. And you know, I th- again, I think as a style of match, I think it changed. As a, as a as a result, and you know, I think we we positively got something that was a bit different rather than just trying to recreate what they'd done before, that everything was done so well. And something that I really liked was that it was, it looked like where we were talking about Ishii maybe not having the brain to scout his opponents or something like that. It looked like Shingo Harden had tried to like learn lessons from his from the previous match, where you know, there was where he'd like. Osprey had went for like that reverse kick, and you know Chingo, you know, moved out of the way, he went for the hidden blade, and he did the same. You know, he got out of the way of an Oz Cutter and things like that. So there were instances of Osprey missing stuff because Chingo had read that it was going to happen, and or he was countering them and things. Which, which again, I thought was quite a nice little just wrinkle in the storyline there that they they have worked before and Osprey obviously got the better of him in that final. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, Shingo getting getting his win back at the end, you know, I thought it was, it felt like kind of the the right result, especially on the back of that disappointing Cobb result, probably from from two days earlier. I think it gave something back to Shingo in the way that, you know, he did, he, he left that Cobb, Cobb match not, for, not not looking like the, um, not looking like he, he had the same standout and credibility. I think just with your point, Benno, there about the crowd, though, as well, I I think my one criticism of this is that maybe it ended up just being a bit too much and a bit too many kickouts and things like that towards the end. And again, I think if you're working with that vocal crowd that would have been something that would probably have built and built and built and it would have felt a bit more. Whereas, But when you're not getting them same crowd reactions at the end, it kind of felt a little bit like, oh, and another, and another kind of thing. And like, surely he's finished there. Oh, no, he's not. And then you get the kick out and then there's no kind of reaction that goes with it. And I think it does just kind of, it does tune you out a little bit towards the end. And I think maybe they could have knocked... You know, it went 22 minutes. I think if this had gone 18, you know, I might have been four and a half territory or something like that. I think they could have just condensed it a little bit more. But all in all, you know, cracking, cracking match.
1: Uh, I went four on this. I, you know, I, I probably liked it more than the Ishii match again. And it's just, again, you mentioned about the things about the, the kind of expectations. That was one of my favourite matches of recent years, was that best of the Super Juniors final. And so it's like you're on a hiding to nothing really going for this but i did find actually one of the things is you mentioned about the crowd it's a really excellent point just that idea at times of seeing kickouts with no kind of response are things that i found at the time that were kind of sticking with me longer than what they should have done and that's kind of not their fault it's just the situation that they're in and then it becomes how adaptable that is and it becomes working that kind of less junior style match frankly and it but I like junior-style matches, but I suppose in this era, is that going to be the thing that really kind of almost kind of gets over if you're not able to kind of respond like that? In terms of the opening sequence stuff, I kind of expected it. I mean, I thought that was much more of a sort of throwback to the junior final and just to kind of Mm. put people in that mindset. And then, like Mm. you say, Shingo grounded it. And, you know, so these... Yeah, I went four. It sounds bad. I might need to go back and look at this one. I've kind of got a oh, list a of, kind of a top five. I was five between 4
0: sense.
1: and 4.25. I, I, I was not 100%. And it's difficult because there's, like I said earlier on, it's just the idea of wrestling in this era. Mm. And, like, it's difficult to get that emotional engagement. Mm. Totally,
0: yeah. But, I, 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 again, another, another world... You know, maybe we'll get to see these two go at it again. Um, I'd certainly watch it. And- yeah, I think uh, again. I think there's uh, the grapple average uh, reflects, despite the circumstance, they still uh, they still pulled something off there. Um, I mean, before we move on to the B block, any thoughts on the uh, the dregs of that that A block day five? But yeah, the, we did have two more matches that we've uh, obviously neglected to uh, to spend a lot of time on. Taiji and Yujiro tried to out shit bag each other and I went two and a half. And Jeff Cobb Jeff Cobb to the Minoru Suzuki and I gave that two point seven five and was just glad after the previous result that. Suzuki went over. Uh, do you guys have any particular thoughts on those two matches?
1: I would say don't watch those two matches and start catching up on that cracking Young Lions sort of three way battle that's going on instead. <laughs> they're better than these matches. They're more interesting. <laughs> and they've got handcuffs on them, metaphorically speaking, not literally. Sorry, sorry I'm going back to King's Switch again. But like that idea that they're having to kind of restrain themselves, uh, they're much better matches. Like, <laughs> Jeff Cobb's going to Jeff Cobb isn't he Yeah and he's not you know and we don't even get a photo bomb out of it like we did in Preston <laughs> <laughs> It's a great it's fun, completely so. un- It is completely unaskable we wanted the photo with Stephen Flutter. we were quite clear about that and then he jumped in <laughs> <laughs> I
0: Don't think it's even Preston uh, City Wrestling anymore is it something else with a p he's uh, he's rebranded this week as uh... It's was all floody, you know. Uh, it's,
2: uh, pro Championship Wrestling or something like that now, it, I yeah, think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just in time to go with the, uh, the Stephen Flooder documentary we, are, uh, we need to talk about at some point that's uh, floating about on YouTube. you've not seen it yet, it's, uh, it's a watch. <laughs> but, I yeah, listened
1: we'll... to Andy Ogden's review on Graps and Claps. It's at the start oh, yeah. of it, so they, they're all right. They're not as body-in, the they're shitted. By the end, they're in a big, big way. They go through it in kind of good detail as well. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we'll do
0: our full review of that at some point. Uh, but I'm guessing Gareth, you didn't have much thought on those uh, those two
2: opener matches. Uh... No, I mean, I, th- I think the the only thing for me was in that Taichi Yujiro match. I just, again, I just liked the way that um, I just liked the way that having beat Suzuki without needing to cheat, like he, like Taichi just did cheat to to beat. The, Yujiro when he clearly doesn't need to because he can beat Suzuki but he's just a cunt isn't he so he just uh, <laughs> cheats, cheats because he is and that it was to me it was just great just to reestablish just that kind of yeah okay a couple of days ago I will beat Suzuki like, relatively clean. Today is a match that I should win, but yeah, I'm just going to be a prick and just you know, just 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 cheat and do it because why not? Because that's that's just that's just me. I think the the only the only point I made here was just how much Yujiro's music just makes me feel fucking dirty. I feel like in, <laughs> I feel like when it comes to the ring, I'm like there with like my hand on the volume button, like mm-hmm. kind of like turning it down just in case like Sarah comes like legging it into the room thinking I'm watching something dodgy or something like that on the on the sly. And to be honest, I think she'd probably prefer that I was watching porn than you matches probably but uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but um, you know, oh god i mean like seriously it's just it's it's ridiculous especially when you've got kids running around the house <laughs> i
1: was i was listening to a new japan playlist while out for a walk it would have been over the lockdown and that came on and do you know what it did make me feel i was like in the mind of a daily sport reader because hmm. it's just <laughs> filthy and everyone's <laughs> just like it really is
2: you are looking for the latest, uh, the local dogging hotspots after listening to that on your walk.
1: I, I, I just where he was bad.
2: walking to, Like walking
1: past families walking their dogs. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Oh. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh,
0: Tony Connors oh, likes dear. this. Um, anyway. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll do a proper jp's young boy corner before we finish uh, so you can tell us more about the uh the openers, i'm not gonna but... go
1: in depth on the matches you all know what they're like
0: <laughs> fair enough well before we do that we'll move on to uh to, to the b block action i imagine we're not gonna have as much to say about the b block as we did the a block but that's not to say there weren't uh some highlights over the uh the two mm. b block days that we had this week um we started with day four and to be honest Maybe one match card is harsh, but really, there's one match. I, I think we will have a a lot to say about, and the rest maybe not so much. Uh, day four's main event was uh, Tetsuya Naito and uh, and Zack Saber Junior. Um, they've got some chemistry these two. Like Naito is really is a wrestler that I blow hot and cold on, and I'm never a hundred percent sure what I actually think on him. There are moments of pure genius where I really like him. I think he comes off as a big star, uh, like like the Tanahashi match and uh, like this match. And then there are moments like the other Naito match we're going to talk from this uh, this week where I maybe don't feel that strongly about him, but. You know, I went the uh, the four stars on this one as well. So we've got a good G one so far. if we're giving that this many fours. out, even if we're not going uh, going near fives. And yeah, this match for me again was another uh, real high point as far as uh, chemistry goes between these two. Uh, I thought it was a, a well structured match. I enjoyed you know Zack Saber trying to trying to roll with Naito and and Naito for his part. You know it, it doesn't always work for wrestlers trying to keep up with Zack Saber Junior. as well. Um, they went long, um, twenty eight minutes, but. You know, I, i will take i will take a, I'll take a 15-minute match, match any day, but I do think that 28-minute kind of length. Made the match a little bit stronger, at least for those last couple of minutes, where it was kind of panicked, and you know they were both desperately trying to eke out that win before we got our our first tour- draw in the in the tournament this year. So, yeah, while I personally would have shaved ten minutes off of it, maybe um, I did think it was worth it to get
1: those last few minutes. So, uh, yeah,
0: overall, I went four stars on it. Uh, JP, where did you, where did you go on this one?
1: Uh, four stars, and I agree with you in terms of like the length of the match. I am not normally. Well, I mean I'm often banging on about like how good it is to see sprints and you know just that bit of brevity but it's been quite rare so to have that kind of desperation was quite nice and it made the match feel a bit more epic whereas the rest of the card really isn't mm-hmm. so if you are having like that one match it's good and and you mentioned about naito i suppose i came into this tournament with low expectations of naito because mm-hmm. of the evil feud and However, like he's probably done as well as I've expected him to. And we're not at the business end of this tournament. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. Um, I thought it was quite good because he was able, because Zach's got the tape on his knee. So mm-hmm. there's an element of having that body part to be able to exploit, which I think kind of adds something for a Zach Saber junior match that he's not Like he's obviously can work underneath and He's working kind of on offense from underneath, but he's having to work a bit more defense as well. And I think that kind of adds something to some of the exchanges. So yeah, overall, um, yeah, four stars for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it as well. Four stars from the 4.1 average on the app. Um, so, again, you know, pretty popular with the uh, consensus as well there, really. And, you know, I, again, I, I don't need to go over over the ground that you have, have covered with it, really. I, you know, I think uh, I agree with pretty much everything that, that you say there. I think there's just the, the great little elements with with. Zach though for, for me that jumped out there so where Naito was getting the better of him on the ground and you know add him in a few submissions you had Zach like he's not just he's not just lying there in the hold he's twisting he's twisting his feet and things like that he's trying to look at how he can apply his own submission even though he's caught one him in himself and I just think those little things like that just really you know set him apart when it comes to when it comes to this kind of thing and it's those those small elements like that that I, I particularly enjoy but like you say from for the match length, I just think it really worked. I just think that end point there where they really picked up the tempo when they realised, you know, they'd got that sort of final time notification and then just really went for it. Again, it probably just, that end just probably nudged it up like a, a quarter of a star for me, the way things finished there. But, you know, all in all, all in all great stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. And by far the highlight of this, like this B block, like I think, you know, I think you coined it first, Gareth, like the story block, yeah. You know, we're going to have the Bullet Club stuff going on. We're going to have the LRJ stuff going on. But I'm not... And we did have a a great opening weekend for the B-Block. But are are we are we going to... Some of these shows coming up, it's like trying to pick what the big match is going to be. Like, unless... Like I say, Naito's already been in there with Zach. Like, there aren't that many combinations that are, like, this level of good are they uh, so we should probably enjoy them <laughs> while they last, uh, I mean to that point on this B-Block I, I don't know, I, I don't even know which match to go to next, is there any of these matches you guys have particular stronger stronger opinions on than you do the others because for me it's a, it's a sea of 3 stars or 2.75 stars mm. uh, this day for for me it's like, I went 3.25 on Evil Yoshihashi 3 on Juice Kenta, 2.75 Tanahashi Yano which is a Yano Match, uh, it's probably actually the most interesting one to talk about, and goto Sanadro M3 as well. Um, uh, mm. a sea of gentlemen's threes. So, me, did any of those uh jump out more than the others for you guys? Not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Should we go with Yano then? Let's do Yano, for yeah, <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that, that would be the one.
0: <laughs> that was the, honestly, I enjoyed that. I thought like that. I, I initially saw the gif of tanahashi's sp- trying to sp- i was gonna say sprinting back to the ring then but doing whatever tanahashi's version of sprinting back to the ring is because fuck me he's got like two elbows for knees hasn't he? he's got like he's just <laughs> really struggling to just get back to the ring i felt so bad for him. i was like is he actually gonna make this 20 count? this poor dude being made to run Uh, I felt, but I feel like he forced Yano to have something of a match, you know, there was a structure to it, Um, (laughs) and there was the Yano comedy, I don't know, that was the high point of the match for me, I don't uh, don't know if you guys uh, had any more particular highlights from that one.
2: I'm just loving this Yano, Yano strategy. It's, it was it was my exact strategy for playing WWF Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo of just like batter, <laughs> no them, outside, batter them outside, and and then leg yeah. it back into the into the ring and, and take the win. And like, yeah. hey, to be fair, it's working for the lad. It's three zero, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, it is. It is. Yeah, fuck, that is a story. Fucking Yano. Like what? Like the the crash is coming. I assume, but Jesus.
1: um there's something in though, if you gave him like an IC title shot mm. and you had him do these spots, but you kind of think, right, okay, he's going to have to really plan them out with an inch of their life. Mm. You get great crowd reactions for that. As a mm. match, no, but mm. they're not matches, are they? They're just no. there to kind of delay it. The fact we're talking of it as a highlight, really, of the show sort of says how nondescript the rest of it really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's more notes I've got on the kind of wrestlers than the matches themselves on how the kind <laughs> yeah. of tournaments are. Is how you kind of find this block. You're judging mm. it and going, how was the match? the match? Let's just assume it's all pretty much three stars from here on out. And you're just mm. then following what the wrestlers themselves are doing in terms of the booking. Mm. Um, I'm finding Kenta a lot more intriguing, particularly because mm. he's not reverting to bullshit and that i found actually of people in the b block i kind of liked i mean juice's look is just i mean he grabs the eyes if nothing else i'm not saying it's necessarily a good or a bad thing but um i'm kind of enjoying the parts of kenner there was the post-match interview he did against juice as well where he was kicking off and that was kind of great and it's it's difficult to gauge the character of Kenta in this, and I like that it's difficult to gauge. It's a lot more complex in terms of he loses. He loses his shit about it. He's just like, well, fine, I lost. I'll get over this. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is a kind of interesting dynamic within matches, whereas, you know, goth evil is just sort of like doing the odd bit of gurning and whatever shite. Rolling around, he's just been a glam rock band with that look, <laughs> and that theme song is pure glam rock. Mm. I'm not saying I hate it, but way. because bizarrely, it, I'm saying it's grown on me. But it's a mess as a song, isn't it? It really is. It starts off that orchestral stuff, and then yeah, it, it it's just sort of all over the place. I can handle that, and then the matches start generally. Although this one against Yoshihashi. I-, I liked it more than the others, so I'm just diving into the rest of the card. So you do not have-
0: <laughs> It's okay. It's—it's yeah. it's not a co- It's this is like, this is not a show for like you're uh, gonna get can't give detailed analysis on these fucking three-star throwaway matches. This B-block has given us. Um, I mean, my main question, to be honest, was going to be to Gareth. Are you playing that evil tune in the car uh, with the kids? Is this—is this the new Osprey jam? Is that—is that what this is? <laughs>
2: It could be fine. It's way in there. There's definitely a. I was I was in the car taking Alex to training tonight. Actually, and I threw on a wrestling playlist and and actually was having to skip through too many problematic ones so i was thinking yeah i really do need to make a uh i do really need to make a new wrestling playlist <laughs> here because uh joan jet isn't as appealing as she once was a few months ago and uh, <laughs> uh, things things like that so i think uh, i think evil might fire
1: e- well and truly
2: good e- evil might be fine his way on that might need a few AEW songs on there i think i think they've they've got a few bangers from the uh, theme tune perspective but maybe that's a maybe that's a round table jp or uh, some, hey. something for the future
0: there you go. Good show. <laughs> <champ. laughs> uh, did you have anything else on uh, on this day, uh, Gareth? For day four?
2: Nah, I mean, like, it's the same. It's you know, it's it's fucking three star matches. That there's nothing much to to say about it, really. I think we're, I, I think, you know, I think I was more interested, like you say, from a story and character point of view, and I think more sort of developed, probably. Was that today? Yeah, today. <laughs> then, yeah, uh, to, Don't today. Today. Than, than, than this day, I think day. I think day six for b block was more notable probably than than day four with the way some of the results went.
0: Definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, getting into that that day six, like I, I review did the full review of this with uh, with John over on the uh, the post the uh, Patreon today. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I got landed with this B block day, and I felt like yeah, it was like nothing was going above for yeah. Um There's one match actually that that was very good, like that that came close, but all in all, uh, yeah, the B block is uh, is uh, not exactly uh, running away with it right now. Um, I think the the big big stories really on on day six are kind of. One, um the the Sonada losing streak that seems to be continuing it's fucking my pick'ems. Um yeah. Sonada I had winning everything. Um right through I thought him and evil or, or Naito, that that's gonna be the three in the running at the end, and it might still happen. I mean maybe that's the, the the story they're telling. Um, but yeah, that, that he's kind of fucking things up for me. That was a big takeaway for me. Um, big takeaway, really. I mean, if you want to talk from a match point view, there is a match in here that is worth breaking down, uh, and that was Kenter and Zack Saber Junior. Um, love that. Uh, absolutely, for me, Zack Saber Junior is so so good at working that match where he gets. Drawn into someone else's style, and that's exactly what he did here. Yeah. He was trying to counter Kenta's, Kenta's strikes with technical work, and it was working at moments and it, almost in desperation. But every time he got suckered into trying to, you know, strike with Kenta, it, you might get the odd one that works, or you might get the odd one that Kenta shrugs off, but at the end of the day, Kenta's always going to come back harder and beat him. And that was pretty much the finish as well. Uh, Zach trying to slap Kenta, and Kenta coming back and just kicking him in the face, and then, yeah, finishing him with the GTS, just perfect for me, storytelling, and Zach sells that story so well, where, in kayfabe terms, the match hasn't gone as he wanted it to go, uh, and yeah, I I really loved that one, I thought that one was one that, I went four stars on it, um, again, maybe the ceiling in this G1 right now, but really good, really strong, and uh, yeah, uh, Gareth, uh, I think you were a big fan of this one.
2: Yeah, I really, really like this, I, I was... I was torn between four and four point two five. And like at the time, it was kind of one of them where you're sort of watching it and then you're making notes as well, kind of thing, because mm. you know you're doing this tonight and things like that. And I, I definitely was like, right, mental note. I just want to watch this fresh again tomorrow because I enjoyed it so much. And I just wanna just want to get lost in a bit. I think I could easily, easily nudge it up to a four point two five. It just it just to me it was it's almost like when you're watching the UFC, there's that cliche of like styles make fights kind of thing. And I just think that this was just a prime wrestling example of that. And, you know, I think a lot of the criticism that gets leveled at Zach sometimes is that people have to work the Zach match. But I agree with you, Beno, is sometimes mm-hmm. when Zach try- is trying to like strike with his opponent or something to exert dominance in a different way. Working that style of match sometimes brings the brings the best out of him there, and I think some of the um, you know some of the strikes that Kenta landed on him were just absolutely wow. amazing. And like you say, the uh, the knee to the face, and then the GTS, the way Zach sold them was. Uh, I don't think I've seen anyone sell it as good ever kind of thing. He, where, on that GTS, it looked like he killed him. He, he just, <laughs> the, the way he just flopped down and it was just like, what a finish to that. It was just it just felt like such a good, proper, you know, proper fight. And you think for, for 15 minutes as well, it kind of thing, it you know, it shows you don't need all the time in the world. They can you can go out there and use 15 minutes in the way they did there. told such a compelling story. I think the way Kent has performed in this tournament as a whole. It looks like he's just got a bit of like confidence and swagger back about him, or something. And the character, especially because it's, it, it is almost like separated a little bit from, bullet club bullshittery, and it's just Kenta going out and just just wrestling kind of thing, and just being aggressive and just you know striking really well. And um, you know, I think it's it's de- it's definitely been a like one of the positive additions to the to the, to the tournament. But I mean, you think if you if you're listening to this and you're not watching the whole of the G one. And you're looking for things to pick and choose i would just say watch this straight away because it's you know just as a good easy enjoyable watch that's just really high quality and um, you know tells a fantastic story this is this has got it all and i'm absolutely gobsmacked that this is 3.77 on the app it's like I, 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 again, it's one of those where I sit there looking at it and thinking when there's ratings coming through of like 2.75 and three and things, I just it blows my mind, blows my mind because I loved it. I
1: Always said they, cage match was better, but you know, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in some mind people have made their mind of what like Kent has kind of lost it, perhaps, mm. or it's just a, a kind of a general judgment that's got really kind of nothing to do with the match because I, I i you guys i went four stars it was what i wanted from a, a g1 match i suppose i was just so surprised it happened kind of quite early on into the card which i would say i was cramming this show before recording tonight so it's one of the matches that i um on the on the grapple up you can do a thing where you can put a little bookmark on the match and add it on if you want to go back and rewatch. and i like to do that as well uh <laughs> Did, oh, I, did I get that can't right do that. Master? Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> Cage Match.
2: <laughs> <Massey Adam. laughs>
1: um but yeah, <laughs> uh, Sorry, this Cage is one Trash. that I think I might go back and um go, go back and have a rewatch to give it the time because so I think it's something that definitely deserved it. And mm. yeah, Kent's charisma.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then you feel like you're watching two thousand six Kenta. Mm. Um, and this was one of those moments, I think. And yeah, that was a big thing I was saying to John today. It was like this is the match that should it, from a work rate point of view should have been the main event. I get why it wasn't, because, you know, given these two dudes' status in, in New Japan, you can't really headline with them. It should have at least been second from top, though. Like, it was such in the wrong. That was my only criticism, really. I thought it went a bit long for its placement in the cards. Whereas I think you maybe get away with it a little bit more as, as like second from top. Um, yeah, odd that, to be honest. I feel like yeah, going with Yano, second from top. As much as I enjoyed that as a Yano match. Yeah, I feel like that. this would have been the uh, the better choice for that. Um, I mean, while we mention it, yeah, the Yano match with Evil. Um, my big takeaway on that is just, thank God I didn't have to sit through 20 minutes of Evil, and instead I got Yano bullshit, and I, it all it all played quite nicely into the finish with Yano outsmarting uh, Evil and, uh, and fake gay, though. Um, <laughs> I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, to be honest, and the, the best. If Evil's going to do his bullshit and we're going to have Dick Togo on the outside doing Dick Togo stuff and getting involved in the match fits much better than the Yano match th- for me. Rather than trying to pretend Evil's a proper wrestler because he's fucking not. Um, any thoughts on this
1: one, you guys? It, it was Yano Evil, and like you say, it wasn't too long. It was just mm. another one when I was watching, and I knew that I was still joint number one. I was like, "Well, oh, surely Evil wins this one." And I was like, "What mm. the fuck happened today?" It's just <laughs> like one of a series of results that. Like you, well, it was one of those results. you just thought you wouldn't have picked this one coming.
3: Mm.
1: In the uh, it was one of
2: the rare ones that I did. It shows how badly I've been doing. But that's <laughs> really? Because
1: <just>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels too like kind of you got past the first two rounds, and it's like evil kind of losing like that. Just still mm. felt kind of weird for what it was. But it's Yano, and you get away with it, and he cheats better than everyone else. That's always the story they tell. Yeah.
2: It was just was one fun. for like for me. It was just where we you'd seen like we were talking the other week about UniBet offering odds on the um, G1, and they so should have done an over under on ball shots for this tournament because like <laughs> as I'm looking through my notes here, and I think there's was on average you're getting at least two matches a day where some where there's a ball shot sort of thing, and then obviously there was like five ball shots in this one, so um, I think there's uh, potentially some uh, some serious money to be made there on the on the spread betting or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Especially given their uh, given their recent track record with the, with with all that side of things, and um, oh, yeah. and uh, I, p- I particularly enjoyed um, Dick getting tied to the uh, to the railings at the start. I thought that was uh, that was that was good. Just trying to try to t- take him out of the game. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it, uh, it didn't it didn't work. But I mean, to me, this was. I, I think I gave this like 1.75. I think it was it was on the lower end of the anno scale for me. This one it just didn't uh, didn't quite click really in the, in the way that some of the other ones uh, some of the other ones have.
0: Uh, I, I went 2.25, but on the Anno scale, I think that's like a four. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, just happy to to not have to sit through an evil match. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long G one. Um, I mean, mentioned that at the top, the the big story here, I think, is we're, we're building towards Naito and Sonada. Um, I think you can tie these two matches together to be honest because I feel like with Sonada, obviously there's the losing streak story that I think is going to, you know Naito cut his promo after the match uh, selling that it it's not going to be a happy turnaround and he's not going to be he's going to play spoiler to this uh the, this Sonada story that we're all expecting to happen uh, but honestly I feel like the more I think about it I feel like these two are the same match it was like and one of them was supposed to be the main event which is the problem like Yoshihashi Sonada, I gave 3.25 to Naito Goto I gave 3.5 to but there wasn't much in it and Sonada Yoshihashi was what Sonada as the bully Working over Yoshihashi you know is an all right underdog you know we've been very mean to Yoshihashi in the past, and I was today when I talked to talked to Baron with John uh, but he's just you know. It's Yoshihashi. At the end of the day, Sanada was still getting better. Even though you can't really measure pops, the claps were louder still for Sonada, despite the fact Yoshihashi was presented very much as the babyface in this match. Um, and I gave it 3.25. I thought the work was fine uh, for what it was, considering the two dudes that are in there. But, you know, it's Sanada, so maybe my expectations aren't too high. And then Naito and Goto in the main event, three and a half stars, similar thing. Naito is working over Goto. Goto's the underdog. There's a lot of Goto comebacks in there. But the difference was it went a bit longer, which kind of took me out of it. And two, it was a main event and it was just... It just didn't seem like there was much happening, really. It just... There's no... dynamism. is that a word, to the match? It just wasn't dynamic. It was just... Yeah, it was just a it was a slow, slow open for, for 10 minutes. Then we finally got into like the meat of the match. Then I was supposed to care about Goto's fourth comeback and I just didn't. Uh, and I gave it three and a half. I'm not saying it's a one star match, but for a main event. You know, I know it's B block, but a main event on a G one show. Yeah, I don't even think it was that much better than the Yoshihashi match. So, yeah, maybe that's uh, that's damning praise. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you first, JP. What what did you go on these two matches? And yeah, what do you think of that as a main?
1: Well, I was I finished watching this at about half past nine, so just before we recorded for one of the many internet outages that I've had tonight. Um, it is 10 past more two. More than now one everyone. people. Probably a third one coming at every any second now, so I'll keep it brief. I actually thought the work within the match itself was was fine. I just wasn't engaged by it. I just mm. wasn't engaged really by it. I was watching it more because I felt like I had to watch it to know mm. what happened to, for doing this show. But it was <laughs> yeah. one when I was doing it, it was like okay, alright. Yeah, that was that was fine but it mm. was just like, it felt like it was a main event in a show between shows mm. and that's where it is. And that's where it fits. And it's an easy kind of Kurukan main event and Kuroko regulars will react to Naito and Goto. So it's mm. kind of like easy in that sense, but entirely nondescript. I mean, like I say, I've only watched it a few hours ago. I'm quite sure exactly what happened at times. Um, mm. Other than, they, other than at times, what I did notice, it's a complete aside the Japanese commentators, because I've been watching on the Japanese commentary, clearly the woman who's on the panel is the one who's kind of going through the history and the storylines. Mm. She was going on about like the GTR and the Destino and the moves and, and what appeared to be like a monologue that lasted like a good sort of three minutes. And I found myself listening to that while watching it, obviously not understanding anything outside of hearing these move names. But it it was just like, oh, I really wonder what she was saying. And I thought, I should be concentrating on the match here, shouldn't I? I can't speak (laughs) Japanese. This is entirely futile. Like this entire bit that I've added on. (laughs) Three and a half stars.
0: (laughs) It's okay. We're only edging towards three hours. I enjoyed that. (laughs) My brain is gone. (laughs) <laughs> Thoughts on the commentary and oh, <laughs> its a shame, isn't it? Because like overall, I'm very high on this G1. We've thrown a lot of four stars out. It's just this B block, isn't it? There's a lot of misses in this block.
1: It's not as bad as that other B block from a couple of years ago. That was oh, the, uh, the uh bad
0: luck Farley, uh, yeah, G O oh. D B block. Yeah, well, I'm glad that's gone.
1: There isn't that. Thank <laughs> heaven for small mercies. Sonada. Uh-huh right, just get to the bit where he starts winning. (laughs) We just cut to that because I'm completely unengaged. He's kind of reminds me of Naito pre going to Mexico Naito where there's just the look on his face. hmm. And he's just like, I preferred it with the Dr. Zayas haircut as well. It's just a bit too short. Has he dyed it gray?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Too much time in his hands?
1: Work on the fucking matches, lad.
2: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, this, this, this is one where I like start to like, I start look, to look for small detail too much. And I think I try and like read too much into things. Cause I was like looking at him with his, like his black and silver gear now that he's wearing and now his hair's silver. And then like, and then evil came out later and evil's and he's black and silver and he's got his silvery purple hair. And I was thinking, oh, I, 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 this new look of Sonada. This looks a little bit, uh, this looks a little bit evil esque kind of thing in the way that he's going here. Is there some, uh, is there some story, story nuance coming out here with the uh, Naito match to come yet? Clearly, there won't be, and it'll just all be in my imagination. And uh, you will have fucking blue hair tomorrow or something like that, or whenever the next match <laughs> happens. But I think this is uh, this is uh, this is where my head always ends up wondering. I'm always like trying to pick out, like, the small thing to be like, yes, I can get ahead of the storyline here. That uh, that never happens. But um, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'd agree with you on both of those. They're totally nondescript things. Three-star Yoshi Ashi, um, uh, Sonata match, three and a half a night ago. If I have to watch Sonata put somebody in that skull end one more time and have them one second away from tapping out before he fucking lets go of it and goes and misses a moonsault, then I'm just going to yeah. scream because that j- I just... <laughs> Uh, it drives me insane. Like absolutely there's no logic or anything to it that no. in in doing that and it frustrates the fucking life out of me. Um I think the only again, nothing to say particularly about the Goto Naito match, but I think for me one of the good things of it is the start that Night has had to this tournament. You know, I think having wins over Tanahashi, Zack and Goto, who are all wrestlers who are established with like good pedigree in in, in, in New Japan. I think because he didn't have the He started poorly last year in the G1. I think he's, obviously, he didn't get to the final last year. He ended up in the, you know, he ended up getting into the main event at Wrestle Kingdom and winning the belt. But then, obviously, this year has been dead fractured and he's ended up, obviously, losing it to Evil. and, And, you know, so the title reign's been pretty lame. So I think just to kind of, like, establish him a bit and help build up a bit of credibility in in Naito a bit more, I think having him win these three three matches it's just kind of help kind of cement that yeah he is on this this higher level to other strong people who are in the tournament as as well because i I think he needed it because I was definitely feeling a bit like like he he, he he didn't necessarily stand out from the rest of the pack for somebody who who you know should be headlining the dome really. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's it. I think Naito for me, it's consistency. I want out of him, and I, I, I can't say I was excited when he got the belt back. I was just glad it wasn't evil anymore. Um, I don't want to be excited. Uh, I don't want something fresh out of him. So, yeah, maybe that. Maybe this is a good start. Maybe this strong booking is the, uh, is the kick up the arse yeah, he needs as well. Um,
1: Certainly it was... not that two-man power trip nightmare with Evil and Sonata running roughshod over <laughs> New Japan. Oh, three-way for you, mate. thats what, that's what the speedbump going to be. scenario, that one.
0: <laughs> oh, also uh, Tanahashi and Juice Robinson had the match three stars. That, that didn't really have a... Yeah. Two, two likable lads having a having a little scrap. It wasn't really. There wasn't much to this. This was very middle of the G1. Uh, Tanahashi, wasn't it? it? Wasn't a wasn't the, the high effort Tanahashi that we saw with Naito uh, not too long ago.
1: Um, <laughs> <yes. Yeah. laughs> and, and, and Juice is having a okay tournament. I'm kind of actually expecting a bit more from him when it comes yeah. to some of the more business end side of it, but. Tanner needs a rest he's fucking earned it he was running only a couple of days before so <laughs> that's it that's what took it out of him
2: um, i tell oh, you yeah. what he's in some fucking shape though when he like got it like Oof. Juice Robinson was looking absolutely terrible obviously in his shitty gear that he's, that he's wearing now and then but Tanner got in the ring and he's like opening his his coat up and he's basically had this look on his face of like look at the fucking state of me you know like <laughs> he's was absolutely ripped to shreds I can't, like the age that guy is and the, the the, the way he looks, God, like he's, he's got another ten years, in him at this level, if there was a elbows for knees, hell, <laughs> there
0: you go. This title, elbows for knees, maybe. Elbows, uh, cool. we'll talk. <laughs> uh, JP, uh, before we go, any any thoughts on the on the young boy block uh, overall? Uh, you gave a little bit before, Good. but you're enjoying it so far.
1: Oh yeah, I am. I mean, the matches are the matches, but really, you'd think, all right. 17 of these this could be or 18 and so it could be really fucking hard work they're good matches they're good mm. matches they don't overstay their welcome i think they're like a great palate cleanser and they're going to be so well like it's really funny to know where they're going to be ranking within the it's very difficult to know with young lions especially when they end up going away and the rest of it mm. but looking at this you're thinking these like they're not have they're having at times possibly like could be the third best match of the night you know, on a certain B block night with a story where they've just got nothing on but shackles on how yeah. they're having to wrestle and they're having to make it good by doing very little. I know I'm kind of just explaining the young boy concept, but they're all trading wins. That's all that's ever kind of have This is complete trade wins, but occasionally there'll be stuff where. Gabriel Kidd will look at Yota Suji, whoever wins the match, and they'll kind of have the camera look back on them. And they're even spending that time in the New Japan camera work, making sure they'll catch one of them, the one who's working by the ring during their match, kind of looking up at them as well. Mm. And the way they work, and just the general smoothness of it. I mean, this is, this is like perfect grounding. And even though it's kind of strange, for, for, this is the most high profile, but it's the most basic matches that Gabriel Kidd would have been wrestling ever since he first started but mm-hmm. my god i mean like they're all developing they're all different suji's very different from Yamura, who's got that kind of much more traditional kind of fiery face i think um you know, suji's got that kind of goofy charisma but he's improved in the ring there were times on the earlier young lion match that he felt like he was kind of a bit more sloppy and a bit more kind of like a very obviously lower card figure now he looks different I mean, the hair is wild as well. <laughs> I, I want him to embrace that. Like, really go with it. I didn't think him without the beard would work. It somehow is. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. But it's <laughs> they're really good, easy matches. We we're talking two and a half hour cards, which what, a lot of times are two hours ten when it comes mm-hmm. to the end of the actual wrestling. And this stuff is like eight minutes. And give me this every G1 tour over the multi-mans. Oh, totally. Give like- Every day of the week, I'll be having this. Like, not an issue with it at all. The only thing I would argue is possibly another cheeky Young Lion match in there as well. (laughs) I reckon you can get two in there for the price of one. And people can watch eight minutes, honestly. I do love it. It's like you're sitting down with a cup of tea.
0: You're about you. It's literally the show starts and straight away they're in the ring. There's no yeah. delay. It's kind of they get you right away and you get that little seven minutes of action. Yeah, and I've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed like today today's match, uh, especially. I, I really did think Gabe Kid looked great
1: in that one, uh, and you were looking great. I thought great. Kid, Kid Suji from like day three is also really is good and on a young lion scale i think i went 3.25 which is four and a half. half four and a half they're gone a regular yeah. one
0: yeah you're not you're probably not going too far past 3 into uh, the dizzying heights of that but yeah like today's one it was just great just basic grappling isn't it and back and forth and you know you, you might get Gabe grabbing a hole, going for an arm, and then you might get you were coming back with a headlock, and maybe it gets a bit more intense as the match goes on, and you get a bit of a high spot built around the Boston crap, maybe. Uh, but yeah, but that, it, it's perfectly that, serviceable action.
1: That headlock spot was better than anything Randy Orton had done. That's what I was <laughs> thinking when watching it. I was thinking, I'm go. so much more engaged by anything that bloke has done. We're told he's a fucking genius
3: <laughs> for a
1: reason. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> need to get Randy Orton in with these young boys. That's what we need to do. <laughs> he's um, as much he's as much a genius as Donald Trump is a
0: billionaire. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we should probably get out of here so we can all yep. go and uh, watch that debate, uh, which is literally about to start. I think kick um, his ass, Joe. <laughs> uh, aside from plugging in the other Democrat party, uh, any plugs, uh, Gareth? Anyone, anything you want to mention with Grapple?
2: Yeah, same as normal, obviously. Just uh, download the app on the uh, App Store or Google Play. It's, um, you don't have to just use it to put ratings in yourself. You can use it just to see what other people are thinking. There's a cracking filter there on the uh, homepage that you can sort by uh, promotion and by month and by event and things like that. So if you want to take a look and say, okay, what are the best five matches in the in the G One this year? You can you can easily do it and go go back and. Pick and pick and choose those, um, and 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 do that. Give us a follow. At Grapple up on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything. JP.
1: No plugs. Just myself on Twitter at JPGP. Uh, we'll be doing a like next roundtable after this kind of little bit of G one season as well. Like, because <laughs> I'm a human being. Like, there's only so much. Yeah, if you're coming to me expecting like N one coverage, I'll just tell you now, it's not happening. No, <laughs> it happened?
0: Ah uh, well, still round table to look forward to there. Uh, obviously yeah, for me, as I mentioned a couple of times, did do the uh the post Patreon today with uh with John if you want more burying the B Block action. Uh and also we uh, we had a good old chat about Fast and Furious as we always do anytime I'm on with uh with Mr. Pollock as well. Genuine honour to do that one. I've been listening to, to John do those daily G1 audios since like the days where he like literally had to slip out to his car to do the audio on his own. Like one year I remember listening. I think it was when it was Baby was born, uh he was having to do that or like literally like the... I think the 2014 G One's the first one I watched live, and I think part of the reason I watched that was listening to him and Core Power talk about it. Um, so yeah, felt felt great to uh, to get to do that, and huge honour to be on the show. So if you're not already subscribe to the post Patreon, you can uh, you can listen to that. Um, but other than that, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Ben Sir Richard D. E. We'll be back next week uh, with more G One Week Three, another four shows to to go through, as well as uh, A W that'll be here on uh, Wednesday night and uh, and all the other stuff. In the world of wrestling, and maybe a bit more fantasy football gloating as well. And uh, <laughs> more G one gloating from JP. We want more of that. We need you to be on on top again next week, JP. Fingers crossed. You can. Uh,
1: I'll try. You can lead us. The thing. JP but one maybe this year. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. But anyway, that's it for us for another show. We'll see you all again next week. Bye.
1: See ya.